It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast, IDP edition. I am your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF. And what a show we have today. And it couldn't happen at a more crucial time because we are entering the final week of the fantasy regular season. It's do or die time. So we need the most clutch mind in IDP to get us locked in and ready to go to make sure we get in the playoffs and get ready to bring home a championship this season. So who better than the legendary Tom Kislingberry to join us, Tom? Thank you so much for coming on. And how are you, my friend? Uh, I'm feeling much better after you just bigged me up. So thanks, buddy. Uh, that was nice. Uh, that's not what my children say about me at all. So uh, you give me the best moment of my day. Yeah, I'm feeling great. Uh, it's always good to come and talk football with you. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to have a good time. And Absolutely. I always like your theme tune. It gets me uh, boogieing away. So next time I'll, I'll learn it. And I'll play it for you. That would be cool. I would really appreciate that. Yeah, but thank you. Yeah, I'm 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 excited to have you on here, and yeah, I've been looking forward to it uh, all year, really, because uh, I knew I was going to try to get you on here at some point, and and wanted to keep it closer to the fantasy playoffs to get people the best information to get into those playoffs, win some championships. So very thankful that uh, you were able to make the time in your day to come on and talk some IDP with me. So um, yeah, this will be good. I, we're gonna go uh, we're gonna go game by game as usual, and I'll also always as always have the timestamps um, for each game in the episode description so people could find the games that they're looking for and basically we're just going to go through cover some of the main storylines for each team focus on our favorite least favorite matchups as well um we got some uh, good matchup based visuals for the youtube crowd as well and if you are watching on youtube don't forget to like and subscribe while you're here um and uh, yeah i'll be happy to answer start sick questions interact with folks in the youtube comments as well i'll check in there throughout the week and then you could find the link to my idp rankings the idp fantasy report in the episode description as well so excited to get into it we do have uh just two teams on a bye this week arizona and washington um but we're going to go through it here in just a second but i do want to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor fabric by gerber life um as a parent you've had to learn so many new skills to provide for your family how to do copious amounts of laundry meal plan for every even the pickiest eater and now how to protect your family's financial future fabric by gerber life provides an easy one-stop shop for your family's financial needs offering high quality term life insurance policies plus other financial solutions in one easy online 
Hub. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy, M-E-E-T fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Insurance Company, not available in certain states, prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, Tom, we're going to get into it here. And the first game of the week, Thursday night football. This one is going to be kicking off, I guess, past midnight, your time, right? It's the New oh, yeah. England Patriots, Pittsburgh Steelers. Like. Yeah, you're going to stay up late uh, to watch this uh, soon-to-be instant <laughs> classic here. <laughs> well, the, the four teams we've mentioned on the show tonight are Washington and Arizona. I, I would argue two of the worst three defenses in the NFL this year. So nice not yeah. be watching them. And then Pittsburgh and New England. So the... The, the 2002 football fan inside of me is like, Pittsburgh, New England, wow, that'll be great. But right. No, yeah. I will not be staying up late to watch that game, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, not quite the same uh, shine on these two teams that they once were. But, uh, you know, the, we, these this has been the theme with Thursday Night Football outside of last week. So uh, we deal with it how we can and, and uh, eventually we'll watch. Uh, we'll probably watch at least some of it. I, I know I'll be watching hockey for the most part, but um, we, we'll, <laughs> we'll tune in here every once in a while. Um, but anywhere you want to start with these, uh, two teams, New England or um, Pittsburgh. Can, can I just say something about the Patriots? Uh, the Patriots obviously absolutely suck. They're one of the worst teams in football. Defense is not bad. So yeah. what I'm finding a lot this year is people are people are lumping both sides of the ball in together. Um, so I'm I'm not sure people have realised how bad the Bengals' defense is this year. Uh, and everyone's like, oh, Patriots totally suck, and they do totally suck. Defense is all right. It's a borderline top ten defense. So they're they're not terrible. Um, they're not as exciting as they have been. But do you remember a few years ago when, when the, uh, 2012, maybe, the Patriots was, had like the worst passing defense of all time? So they've run the gamut. Uh, but you've got loads of good stuff here. Uh, what I find interesting about the Patriots defense is it's still pretty unique. Um, you can argue Brian Flores uh, definitely has a lot of DNA shared with them. But they, just play, they play football in quite a different way. They still like that linebacker, sometimes two linebackers, crashing down the A-gap. They still have this sort of rotating six defensive backs that, that doesn't really look like a lot of other defensive teams. Um, and I, I just think they're quite interesting schematically. So definitely up for watching them. The problem you've got with them, of course, is they're still hard to predict. And we all say things like, you know, the cliches of Belichick. Uh, do you remember when people used to say about Belichick? Oh, he's really good at taking away the things that uh, <laughs> is the point of defence. Um, so... It's very easy to go, oh, you never know who's going to have a good week with Belichick and stuff like that. And that's just who takes players a bit more. But I've been quite pleasantly surprised. So certainly Jawan Bentley has been a good fancy asset for me. So in a lot of the leagues I play in, he's the linebacker that, that somebody – he's always owned in the offseason, like when he got bigger rosters. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you get into like week two or three, people are like, oh, I can't really justify having him because he never plays enough and he's not reliable. And this year he's been pretty reliable, actually. So I, I've really enjoyed him. And Jelani Tavai, not quite the fancy option, but way better, way better real life season than I ever thought he'd have. So um, I think there's a lot to like about him. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, it like you said, it is a good defense. Very kind of stingy defense. Still, they still play like a ton of man coverage, right? And and they're 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 hard to kind of score against. I mean, look, we saw it with the the Chargers last week. This is a, an offense that's supposed to be pretty good. They they only scored six points and and no touchdowns in there, right? So, um, the, the Belichick defense has still been pretty solid, and they, they don't have a lot of stars, right? Like you said, Jawan Bentley, kind of the main linebacker there to trust, and and I'm with you. I think you know for IDP purposes, he, he's definitely a fine start, and then outside of that. It's pretty much Kyle Duggar um, at safety, who I, I still like yeah. a, a fair bit and um, could be fine this week against New England or against Pittsburgh. Sorry, but there's there's not a, a lot of other guys. There's still very heavy rotation across pretty much all positions like Jabril Peppers has been here and there pretty good. Um, but yeah. I mean, defensive line wise without Matthew Judon. There's not really a lot of guys that we can trust there. And the Steelers offensive line hasn't been great either. So there's potential there for sacks against Mitchell Trubisky. But um, yeah, that not a lot of guys that I'm willing to put into lineups to stream to try to stream them this week just because they've been so unreliable along that defensive line. And this isn't really the kind of week that you really want to mess with this, especially when there's only two teams on a bye and you have more options this week. Yeah, this is the week. Either you're in and you sort of don't care, in which case you're probably not listening, or you're not in and you need to win and you need to get in. And in which case, look, you can shoot for the stars if you want, but 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 make sure you do it sensibly. And low volume pass rushes is probably not a very good choice most of the time. If your team is like, oh, maybe if Josh Uche gets a, a sack, then I'll do quite well. Then you ain't winning the title anyway. So you know, yeah. don't worry about it, guys. And, and they're all they're all low probability. I agree with you. The, the one um, lineman that I, apart from Judon, I liked earlier in the season, Christian Barmore. He looked like he was finally going to fulfil some of that promise that we saw of him as a rookie, and then he's faded off quite a bit. So mm-hmm. that's just a bit disappointing. Dietrich Wise yeah, obviously had a good season last year. Last year he was amazing, and this year just sort of turned back into a pumpkin a bit. Yeah, unfortunately, like I, I was pretty high on Barmore as well. I like him quite a bit as a player, but again, another one of those guys not playing a ton, and, and it only really shows that pass rush ability in, in flashes. But when it is there, um, he's he's very very good at it. It's just you don't know when exactly it's going to turn up, so it, it becomes harder to trust these guys. Um, how about on the Steelers uh, IDP side of things because. This linebacker core has been pretty much decimated uh, at this point in the season <laughs> with, with losing Cole Holcomb, uh, losing Quan Alexander after that. They've seemingly lost to Lyndon Roberts as well, especially on a short week. It doesn't seem likely that he's going to play. So they could potentially be rolling out Michael Walker and Mark Robinson there um, at the linebacker position. Do you have any interest in uh, Michael Walker specifically uh, this week? Uh, I yeah, sort of, because linebackers are so thin on the ground, right? So yeah. we talk about this all the time. There's about 30 full-time linebackers in the NFL. A um, couple of couple of teams on buys, so you're looking at high 20s. Uh, so if, if your league is more than 12 teams or you start more than two linebackers, you're probably looking for those guys. And, and Michael Walker, for me, is probably somewhere between the 28th and 38th uh, top IDP linebacker this week. So, look, I'm not happy about it. I don't think it's great. We'll get some of the other teams with replacement guys and injuries coming in. But I'd, I'd much rather go with someone like that, who I haven't seen it, I'm not totally sure of, but I think that it looks like he's going to play a full-time role rather than someone who's only going to play 30 snaps a week. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I, I have him in that exact range as well. I have him as LB31 this week. And and yeah, he is he played a full-time role um when uh what's his face? Landon Roberts left last game, right? Yeah. So that was kind of an yeah. indication there that it's probably gonna be they don't have any other options, right? So they're they're gonna roll him out there pretty much for every snap. And yeah, it Miles if they had Killebrew. Miles Killebrew. That's not gonna yeah. happen, is it? I mean no. he's he's not a full-time player. Obviously. No, he's not. And and the same thing with Mark Robinson, right? And I'm sure like if they had their their choice and they had all their guys healthy, we we've seen them deploy a rotation there at linebacker and not really have a full-time guy um when everybody's healthy, but sometimes the options at personnel leave you no choice. So Michael Walker probably going to be the the lone every down guy there. Um Outside of that, I mean, we're starting Minka Fitzpatrick. We still like him. He's been excellent. And uh, how about on the defensive line? Because we kind of talked about last week, Alex Highsmith, who had that like 14 and a half sack season last year. And we expected some regression there. And it's definitely hit him this year. But he's also in the midst of kind of a career year as far as pass rush metrics. So 83.2 pass rush grade is 11th among all edge defenders. Also 16.7% win rate, 13.6% pressure rate. These are all career highs for him. And we've been kind of preaching patience with him a little bit as far as the sacks go this year. And he, he, he had a sack and a half last game. Um, it's a decent matchup against the Patriots this week, who again, mm. another offensive line that isn't great. And we're going to be starting Bailey Zappi at quarterback. It sounds like so um there's definitely potential for more sacks there for alex highsmith to kind of deliver here and make up for that those lost sacks earlier in the year so i have him as edge eight this week i, I like alex highsmith quite a bit eight wow that's higher yeah, than i thought yeah. you were gonna say um so i like highsmith as well but but not that much um <laughs> what i think is interesting about highsmith is is we've seen him be a bit of an outlier two years in a row but in different yeah. ways so last year didn't have that much pressure but he had really high conversion rate, so a load of sacks. This year, he's got loads of pressure and a really low conversion rate, so not many sacks. So look, that's going to happen. Um, and when you're looking at just that sort of uh, sample size, it's not that unusual at all. But it's a good reminder that when we look at pass rushes in particular, we shouldn't be going finishing as a skill. It's not a skill. It's just random. It's all over the place. depends on what the quarterback does. I- I'm with you. You've you got to keep going for Highsmith because you bet on pressures and you bet on a guy that's playing a lot and you bet on a guy that's frankly playing pretty well. Now I seem to remember in the off season, his ADP was crazy. He was like seven or eight edge, something like that. I say crazy. I I thought it was way too high. He was going, I seem to remember just above or at the same time as Joey Bosa. And I remember looking at them at the time and going, Joey Bosa is an all pro player is best. Sure. Injuries, blah, blah, blah. But people thought Keenan Allen was injury prone until he just wasn't hurt. Um, Alex Highsmith is coming off uh, a high watermark. Um, so surely actually Highsmith has been way better than Bosa this year. So I was wrong on that one, but yeah, injuries, whatever. Um, I, I think Highsmith is okay. I'm certainly in final week, of the regular season. I, I would have a problem if I was going, who should I start at edge this week? You know, who's the number one guy on my list? Alex Highsmith. He, he's the <laughs> guy I'm going to. That would make me feel uncomfortable. Um, sure. But is it is it a top 24 edge that I have faith in? Yeah, totally. I like it. Yeah, Ooh, I just... Sorry, I, I'm going to... I'm, I'm no, going to go totally off uh, Mark here because I was remembered. Um, you, you talked about the linebackers being decimated. Uh, history nerd, do you know where the word comes from? Decimated? Yeah, I do not. I have no idea. So it was a punishment uh, by some Roman general, can't remember who, and he conquered a city uh, and he decimated the population. He basically lined them all up in a row and he killed every 10th person. 
and has executed them. So when you're going like the the Steelers linebackers have been de- decimated or won, that's pretty harsh. That takes us back to the days of Bill Cowher. But actually, they've lost like all of them. So it's way more than decimated. That's true. That's actually okay. So now that I know that, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> Pedantic nerd alert. I appreciate that. I really do. Um, all right. Let's go to uh, the next game on the list here. It is the Houston Texans at the New York Jets. And I kind of want to start with the Houston Texans linebackers. So another group that's been really kind of weird to, to sort out this year, but we, we talked about it a little bit last week as well. Denzel Perriman we knew was coming off a suspension and that he was going to factor in there and likely cut into Christian Harris's snaps more so than Blake Cashman. This week, uh, we'll see. I, I, I don't have as much faith in Blake Cashman holding in every down roll this week as I do um, last week, but... I think there's at least a chance here that Denzel Perriman kind of works in a little bit more. They seem to want to kind of favor him at, when he's healthy and when he's in the lineup. So as good as Blake Cashman has been, I think he's like our third highest graded linebacker this year, which is <laughs> which is pretty Wild. impressive. It, it's it's crazy. Um, his so, arms. Yeah, his T-Rex arms. Exactly. Like it's just <laughs> it's it's really one of the more impressive things. But I think there's. I'm just kind of skeptical on Blake Cashman just for this week. I want to see what it looks like with Denzel Perriman in the lineup for another week here and to see if his snaps rise because we have seen that before this season. So I have Cashman. I think I'll be 29 this week. Like I still like him a decent amount, but again, it's not a great matchup either against the Jets who are giving up the second um, fewest tackles per game to the linebacker position um, just because that offense is so abysmal. So um, yeah, I think... I'm cooling on the the Texans linebacker group, at least for this week, trying to avoid them if I can. Yeah, it makes sense. I, whilst you're talking, I was going to say Michael Walker or Blake Cashman, because it, it seemed to me pretty easily Blake Cashman over Michael Walker. And we've just yeah. sort of had him as, as a bottom end LB3. So yeah, just about scraping in top of 30. Feels okay. The, the Texans are, are slightly opposite to the Patriots for me. So everyone's like, oh, the Patriots are terrible. The defense must be terrible. And the Texans are obviously a brilliant story. It's great to see them do so well this year. But I think their defense has been overrated quite a lot. I think people have gone, oh, well, they, they've drafted a defensive rookie really high and they've won a lot more games. So defense must be pretty good. Um, and it's, it's pretty average. And there's some really bad players on this uh, defense. Um, that doesn't really affect us whilst we talk about it. And uh, we'll talk about the linemen in a minute. But linebacker is a good exemplar of that because they've just tried a lot of guys. Blake Cashman's had a really good season. Great. Uh, Christian Harris, Denzel Perryman, Henry Toto, who's been, you know, very rookie-ish and had a really, really difficult year. You're not that comfortable with any of that, really. It's all a bit like, oh, sure, the third guy. Okay, maybe, but I just don't like any of it. Yeah, there's definitely room to upgrade there. And I mean, it's it's a better defense than it was last year, right? I think that's that's kind of the the thing that you know the totally. bar was set so low for them um that you, yeah. you know any kind of improvement is gonna be um uh, you know celebrated here with with the, the change in coaching staff and all of that. But yeah, for, for IDP purposes right now, I mean, if I have to trust somebody for their their linebackers, it's Blake Cashman. 
Um, but again, this matchup across the board isn't great as far as tackle opportunities go just because of that Jets offense. Now we're getting Zach Wilson again back at quarterback for the Jets. So um, it should be a little bit better than the Tim Boyle um, experiment last week. But I don't have a ton of faith in it either. But I do like it for at least their pass rushers, um, guys like Will Anderson, who has four sacks in his last five games now. And he's been playing pretty well. So the Jets, the fourth worst um, pass blocking unit in the league. And Zach Wilson definitely has a tendency to take sacks. So um, I don't mind Will Anderson in that kind of edge to range for me this week um, going against the Jets. Where are you in the Will Anderson trade at the moment? Obviously, at the time, it felt like they were overpaying for him. Have, have you changed your mind, ameliorated that a bit? Not yet. I, it's still it's still a lot, right? It's still That was still a lot to give up. Um it's hard, right? Because you, you might not see the real returns on like a Will Anderson until like year three or four, really, to, to kind of give him, um, you know, a, a proper judgment on, on how he fits into the NFL. So I, I like Will Anderson as a player, but it was definitely a pretty hefty price to pay. But I mean, you got to do something. You got They had to get pass rush from somewhere. So I, I don't mind the move to try to, to you know, get your guy kind of thing and, and get the best pass rusher in the draft. Although Jalen Carter could have, could have been argued that as well. So um, yeah, I, I, I don't hate it, but I still don't know that the price was justified basically. Yeah, I'm with you. And this Texans defense just looks, looks so fragile to me anyway. So Anderson and Grenard have both had a bit of a benefit from, from being as, as close as you really get in today's NFL to starters and bench, right? They're out there and they're playing, whatever that is, mid-50s uh, snaps most week. Uh, they're out there a lot. Uh, and if either of them gets hurt, you sort of go, I, I love Jerry Hughes. I've loved his career. I'm not sure you want to give him 50-plus snaps every week at the moment. And after that, <laughs> Kerry Hyder, Dylan Horton, Derek Barnett. I mean, it looks it looks really thin. Yeah. It's, anyway, uh, we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> no, it's a rough group for sure. <laughs> they, they still definitely have some work to do there. And... Um, yeah, I guess the last piece for me for for Houston really is J- Jalen Petrie I have lower this week. I think I'm as like safety 28. The Jets are giving up the fewest tackles per game to the safety position. Again, a result of the offense um, there. But Jalen Petrie, I mean, I'm sure you'll agree with this one was completely overdrafted uh, th- this offseason in that, you know, people were expecting him to be this tackle monster again. 150 tackles almost last year at that we, yeah. we talked about, you know, that he was due for regression and um, it's definitely hit in a big way here. Yeah, we said it in the summer uh, when we got together. Um, the chat we had about draft was yeah, with safety and cornerback in particular, every single summer you see one safety and one cornerback taken far ahead of the number two at those positions. Obviously, several rounds. Yeah. Often with the corner, it's like four or five rounds ahead of number two. And it's always, always a bad decision. And every time after the season, you'll go, oh, this guy breaks the mold. He's really different because he did blah, 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 blah. And it's just not, <laughs> it's just weird. So Jalen Petra is um, sure he got hurt. And I'm sure his defenders go, always hurt. So it doesn't count because he's not he's fine he's absolutely fine every nfl player in the league is hurt at this stage don't worry about it um his tackle efficiency is eight percent right that is low that is pretty unimpressive um and and if if you go oh it's not his fault because he got hurt well well, great are you guaranteeing he's not going to get hurt in the future because last time i checked that happened quite a lot to nfl defenders um and if that can happen at any time which is outside of his control it'll make him a rubbish idp asset 
don't invest in that sort of player. Look, we're not going to pan him anymore, but now is the time of year where you go, it's really nice to look at your teams that have done really well and go, this this guy is ranked fifth out of his position. He's great. And I picked him up from the waiver, so I'm great too. Uh, it just you know don't don't pat yourself too much on the back uh, enjoy the variance enjoy the luck it's great keep playing that way don't put your faith in place all right i'll stop I'm, i'll stop panning uh, him sorry no no i'm 100 percent with you and yeah i look forward to seeing duran bland duran bland drafted as the number one corner um this oh, it's, 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 it's gonna, it's gonna totally happen, gonna happen right? isn't it yeah, yeah. it's yeah we should set up a sweepstake uh, and get some ADP for how many rounds he goes ahead of the next next guy, oh, and it will three or four rounds is, is my line. anyway. I think so. let's talk about the Jets because the yeah. Jets are quite interesting, right? So Jets were the best defense in the NFL last year. They're still pretty good. So I, I was yeah. looking at them this week, and I had them early in the season. I had them as sort of tenth, twelfth, something like that, and they've crept up a bit. So I, I reckon they're probably seventh, eighth best uh, defense in the NFL at the moment, which, which is really good. And there's a lot of good players on that. Um, I, I think they're a really good example, and we'll probably talk about the Packers a, a bit as well, or, of teams who have who have obviously seen the way the, the NFL is going the last three to five years in terms of edge rotation and gone, you need four guys every single week purely on the edge, and you can't get guys uh, who are reliable outside of paying them fortune or drafting them in the first round. So still, every season and draft season, we're like, oh, the Jets just drafted Will McDonald, but they just paid a load of money for blah, 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 and they've all got them. Oh, what are they doing? And you need four good guys. Yeah. Uh, so don't worry, you might be fourth in a depth chart, but every week, all of those guys are playing you know, a, a load. Okay, McDonald's a little bit further behind. He's a rookie. He's got really guys, uh, good guys ahead of him. I'm Literally, Jermaine Johnson, first round pick. John Franklin Myers first ballot hall of famer uh bryce huff is is arguably the most efficient pass rusher in the nfl yeah. uh, and michael clemens is a pretty solid player i don't think there's anything wrong with that and carl lawson was floating around i mean that's a murderer's row of talent yeah they're they're so deep there at that yeah carl lawson has been a healthy scratch a few times this year he, yeah. he's hardly playing and yeah they, they've invested in the position and it's absolutely working like you said um one of the better defenses in the nfl here and, and then in, in their secondary as well they've been really strong obviously sauce gardner and dj reed have been excellent but um guys like jordan whitehead he's been a solid idp um this season as well jordan whitehead but I mean, there's. I don't think there's like a ton of question marks for this Jets defense as far as IDPs go. Like we're starting CJ Mosley, Quincy Williams, Quinn and Williams as well. I, I know he still hasn't got those you know high end sack numbers, um, but he's still again playing at a high level and still delivering in in a number of different ways and filling the box score. So he's still like one of the top scoring defensive tackles in IDP without the sack. So you got to love Quinn and Williams still, mm-hmm. but. I mean, I don't know. There's not a lot, not a ton to figure out here for the Jets. Any Anything else for you for this team, or, or should we move on? I have a question for you. So you mentioned yeah. Jordan Whitehead, um, and who's had a fine IDP career. You've also got Tony Adams, who was right. massive toast of the town in preseason, right? Everyone was like, Tony Adams starting safety. He's the guy who's sitting there on waivers. Obviously really impressive, given he was captaining Arsenal and playing for England back in the mid-90s. So well done, Tony Adams. <laughs> That's a joke for the UK people there. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm sort of going, I, I would probably rather start Tony Adams than Jordan Whitehead at the moment. Now, he's not as high up the the, the numbers because he's missed a couple of games and Jordan Whitehead has mm-hmm. been perfectly healthy. So it's hard to see him. And honestly, you know my approach to safety anyway. There, there's like five or six safeties are like, and then the next tier is literally 40 guys. So right. sure, we can rank them at 27 or 52 or 17. 
I don't care. They're all the same to me. But I, I think if I had the choice, if I'm looking at my second safety going, Tony, I'm a job minded, I'd probably go Adams. That's fair. I mean, they're they're both super similar. They have similar alignments. Um, yeah, Adams has had he's definitely had his weeks where he's been better than Whitehead as well. And like you said, it, Whitehead's been healthier, so he he's been a higher scorer for for IDP purposes. But yeah, Tony Adams is a solid option as well. And uh, the Houston Texans are giving up the twenty second most tackles to safety, so below average matchup, obviously. But um, there, there's definitely we know there's opportunity there uh, with that Houston offense who loves to pass a ton. So um, I don't mind. I don't mind starting Tony Adams on any given week either. Um, all right, let's move to the Los Angeles Rams at the Baltimore Ravens and Ooh. anywhere that you want to start uh, with either of these two teams. Well, let's talk about the Ravens first. Um, you know, I'm elbowing quite a lot of real life NFL quality because it's quite fun. We like talking about it. I, I think the Ravens, there's been four or five really good defenses this year. And at times it's looked like the Browns might have been the best defense and the 49ers, a couple of others, Cowboys are in there. I think the Ravens have separated themselves a little bit now. And I think they are on, on track to go down as probably one of the 20 or 30 best defenses of the last decade or so. Uh, so enjoy watching them because they're really, really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. And they're really healthy as well. Now, the interesting thing to watch for me uh, let's not talk about pass rush because it's deep and that's a bit boring. We can talk about that. It's probably the approach to linebacker. So they've, they've changed their their system quite a lot over the last two or three years for different reasons. And now Patrick Queen is, is a really difficult IDP for me this year. So I'm, I'm starting him. I'm, I've had him sitting there mm-hmm. for a couple of places and gone through a very roller coaster uh, career with him. And now you're going, okay, your tackle efficiency is pretty low. Sometimes you come off the field for an extra five snaps or something. Not much in in recent weeks, uh, to be honest, but it's happened a few times. Um, Do you really believe he can keep the sacks up? Because they're not reliable at all. But he just keeps putting up big weeks. So I think Queen has been a fantastic IDP asset this year. He has. He's been really solid. And yeah, like you said, I, I really like this defense this year. Mike McDonald's coming in there and, and, and doing a nice job and, and just being able to create pressure with without a lot of like stars on, on the defensive line either. Like even Jadevian Clowney potentially could have his first double digit sack season. I think he's got seven and a half on the year. Um, so he's super close to getting there. Yeah. He's playing enough to to potentially do it. And like you said, even Justin Matabuike on the defensive interior, obviously, sends 10 total sacks on the year um leading all defensive interior uh players but you know he's had 10 in a row yeah 10 sack games in a row so i wrote about this last week sorry to interrupt you okay no go for Um, it i I wrote about this last week and i looked up michael parsons and i think he was on three this year and in his whole career he said he's never had more than six uh games with a sack in a row and that was his rookie year when he was tearing up and i went through a few of the big names and like 10 games with a sack in a row unheard of consistency now is he the best interior pass rusher in the league no he's not but but if you flip a coin that comes up 10 times in a row you, you've got to start thinking is it a weighted coin yeah that's uh it's been a pretty impressive streak and i mean he's no doubt like kind of an overachiever at the position like he's been solid he, he's not he's not a bad player at all like you said but you know i think 27th in pass rush grade for his position 17th in pressure rate or 17th in win rate 8th in pressure rate so really solid it's just you know 10 sacks on the season it is it, that again we, we talk about guys that are going to regress next season just the matter playing in a contract year as well may go to a different team 
I think there's definitely potential there that we see those numbers um, come down next season, at least if not um, in, in the latter stages of this season, but I still like him. I'm, I'm, I think I'm his DT 13 this week. I'm still starting him. Um, he's got the volume there. The pass rush metrics, like I said, are solid, but um, it's just this defense as a whole has been, they've been really good um, this season. Like you said, even Odafe Owe having a nice year. Um, yeah. Yeah, th- this matchup, like the Rams' offensive line has been better um, lately, I will say. So it's not like the a, a great matchup, but um, Matthew Stafford also has done a nice job avoiding sacks. So that that that's the one part of me that is hesitant to to embrace this group this week. But I mean, outside of that, Kyle Hamilton, the Ravens playing more three safety looks as well. They got Geno Stone out there playing almost a full time role. So Kyle Hamilton's basically been their primary nickel um, and, and getting a decent chunk in the box with almost no snaps deep uh, recently. So that that's been really nice to see for IDP purposes. Right. So, um, yeah, starting Kyle Hamilton, starting Roquan, starting Patrick Queen, starting Matt Abuike. Uh, it's a nice matchup for cornerbacks. Um, the Rams giving up the third most tackles per game to the cornerback position. Guys like Brandon Stevens uh, become interesting. Marlon Humphrey is questionable still with that injury, so I don't know if he's going to play or not. Mm. But yeah, are there anybody else on Baltimore um, for you? I, I want to touch on Clowney more because I, yeah. I was thinking about him Let's last week. Um, so I, I think I think Clowney's got a good chance of going to the Pro Bowl this year. Um and and being an uh, he he could be an all pro player not because I necessarily think he deserves that but the, the pro bowl is ridiculous right and you have you have it four is. starting <laughs> edge rushers on each team so so you've only got to be in the top four pass rushers yeah. or out edge rushers in the AFC so I'm just looking now you go Max Crosby sure T J Watt sure both ahead of him Josh Allen Khalil Mack Jadavian Clowney they're they're all they're not too far away from me this year, which is amazing for Clowney, given where he's been in his career. Yeah, it's it's been a pretty impressive year um, for him. I, I'll be interested to see. I, I really kind of want him to get to that double-digit sack um, total yeah, as well. That, that that one's been <laughs> – it's been a long time coming for sure. Um, but <laughs> – yeah, it, it's he's been he's been absolutely solid this year. Four sacks in his last three games as well. So, um, get potentially riding the hot hand there with Jadeveon Clowney this week against the Rams too. Um, yeah, I'm with you though. They're, they're, they're relatively obvious starts yeah. not on the Ravens, um, and everything else is just how great a defense they are. Yeah, should we talk about the Rams? Because the, the Rams, I think, are mostly quite obvious as well. Um, yeah. let, let's talk about that defensive line, right? So, Aaron Donald, you, you package up and take him off. And, and earlier in the season, um, it certainly looked again like Aaron Donald had lost a little bit of a step and a little bit of shine. I, I would say he's. His consistency is one of the things that make him a first ballot Hall of Famer. And the last five or six weeks, he's just been consistently excellent at level above everybody else. So he's clearly still the best interior mm-hmm. uh, pass rusher in the NFL. For me, Dexter Lawrence is, is a different thing. But, you know, who do you want to block? I'll still take I'll still take Dexter Lawrence over Aaron Donald. Anyway, we're splitting hairs. But after that, the whole of the Rams line, right? We talked just now with the Jets about the need to keep investing high draft picks because that's the only way you get elite uh, linemen. Obviously, the Rams, blah, 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 cliche, cliche, don't don't have high draft picks, let alone invest them <laughs> in linemen. And you just look at the players they're rolling out, right? Kobe Turner, Jonah Williams. Hey, there, people. I'm Bobby Brown. They say I'm the best defensive lineman in town. Um <laughs> Frank Zappa gags, they're all coming out tonight. And then you've got Byron Young and Michael Hurts, right, uh, on the outside. And yeah, I mean, let, let, let's take it to the Jets. If, if you put those two on the Jets, are they cracking the top four or five in any given week? Probably not. No. I don't think they are. 
No, I, I don't think so either. And it, it makes it hard for Aaron Donald too, right? Like as good as he is, and he, he is still, you know, playing at a very high end level. It, it's easy for offenses to kind of just scheme around one guy. And I say easy. I just mean like that there's an obvious choice there for them to choose who they're going to send that extra pass blocking help towards. He's playing in the middle of the, the the offensive line as well so that they can put two guys on him fairly easily. So we still see him perform, you know, pretty dominantly at times, but it, it's harder for him to kind of get through and finish and create that consistency for production. But yeah, still love Aaron Donald. He's still starting him every week for, for IDP purposes, just because he's so good and, it's a rarity uh, on the interior of the defensive line um, to have a player of that caliber. So you just keep rolling him out there. And when he is dominant, there's nobody better. So, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, By- Byron Young, startable I, I as well. Byron Young. I, I, honestly, I, I hadn't realized how many points he'd come up with. Uh, yeah. And seemingly without having any good weeks. Right, when was the last time you looked through your league and went, oh, that guy started Byron Young. That was good. That was a load of points. I, I haven't done that all season. I, now, sure, most of it is volume, um, but you know, volume is is fairly reliable. Once you get to yeah. week thirteen, you, you've got a pretty good idea who's going to be playing it. They play almost every snap on a high volume team, and um, so somehow he's he's sort of a borderline top twelve edge. And I don't really know how he's done that. He really, yeah, he really has been, and he's been playing like ninety percent of the snaps, which is mm. pretty absurd for for a defensive lineman, right? So that that has definitely helped him, and he's not like, yeah, he's not an elite pass rusher, but again, potentially maybe the Aaron Donald effect, where he's getting more one on one matchups, that that helps him a little bit, where he's able to kind of maybe clean up some of those pressures and um and and get some sacks, but it's not like he's getting a ton, and the volume for tackles has been one of the big things for him yeah. um for the most part 100 right? yeah and that's um, one of the interesting things about idp is is certainly with linemen is working out just on on the team they they're on and how they're likely to play the balance of sacks versus tackles and how yeah. that differs in different leagues so we can talk about um oh what's his name um yannick and gakwe you know the, mm-hmm. the classic <laughs> threat as a pass rush and just just he, he never liked tackling certainly not this year when he just can't be bothered to play football uh for the bears he's not interested at all um versus somebody like byron young or, or even max crosby uh in that year where he didn't have any sacks um and I, I think we tend to lump those up together we should probably be better at looking at our scoring systems and going is this a high tackle league or not and therefore should i be going after a slightly different style of player yeah, absolutely. And yeah, the same thing like Trey Hendrickson is, is another one of those guys, right? Really good pass rusher, gets a lot yeah. of sacks, but not somebody that racks up tackles. And then like the opposite <laughs> of, of him is is on his other edge, uh, Sam Hubbard over there. So um, yeah, yeah it, it's it's always a fun one to kind of try to sort out for sure. I love that. Was it like two two years ago, maybe three years ago when the Bengals first uh, signed um, Trey Hendrickson? Yeah, and I, I was continually watching their games going, if you're an offensive coordinator and you know that one edge is really good <laughs> at setting the edge but not very good pass rush and the other is, is purely a speed rusher, surely you can game plan that really easily. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't be that hard to take advantage of that. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, they're, they're like polar opposites over there, which is pretty funny to see. But yeah, Hendrickson's been yeah. Well, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll we'll get over there eventually um but yeah other than that i mean uh this is the the ravens are a nice matchup for for linebackers they're a nice matchup for safeties they're top five in both of those um giving up tackles per game so it's another nice matchup for for ernest jones um i have him as a high ranked linebacker this week lb2 and then uh safeties john johnson the third 
potentially IDP relevant again. He's been playing a little bit more lately. Um, the past two weeks, he's been playing an every down role. Um, so startable in, in deeper leagues, Jordan Fuller as well. Um, both of those guys in that kind of safety two, safety three range, just because of the matchup here against the Ravens. Yeah, I buy that. You're not feeling good about them. Ernest Jones yeah. is an interesting one. So Ernest Jones for years is one of those guys who, um, you know, we understand the Rams only uh, have only played one full-time linebacker since probably 2020. Um, so fourth season in a row, and it's pretty reliable. They drafted Ernest Jones, and there was a lot of people like, I love Ernest Jones. He's so good it doesn't matter because he's he's good, and that translates in tackles somehow. Um, and now he is a full-time linebacker, and he's, he's an average tackle getter. So... I th- again, I, I think he's a good exemplar that goes that, that reminds us what not to look for or certain mm-hmm. things that we intuitively think are good. I went to this good session this morning um, and it was all about how humans can't make rational decisions. Even when we think we're making rational decisions, we make emotional decisions and then we right. sort of justify ourselves uh, later. And And I find that's more so in fantasy football and it shouldn't be right because it's mathematical and it's all based on numbers it's fundamentally mm-hmm. based on numbers and blah 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 you don't win an nfl game on the spreadsheet but we're sort of playing an adding up game here guys um <laughs> but it but it's really interesting how we make emotional decisions like i like this guy coming out of the draft and and then you you just find these rational reasons to try and justify that um and, and we should watch out for that because that that's our brain fooling ourselves into making leaps of faith I love that. Yeah, that's a great point. And yeah, there, there's definitely a ton of that for fantasy football, football purposes, a lot of recency bias in there as well. So um, just things to kind of keep in mind here, like Tom says, um, to, to work out our starting lineups, especially this week in such a crucial week. But let's move to uh, the, the Indianapolis Colts at the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and we'll start. Uh, let's start. Actually, with let's start somewhere different here. Let, let's start with the Cincinnati cornerbacks because one of the top IDP cornerbacks um, this season has been Cam Taylor Britt um, uh, of the Bengals, and he was recently placed on injured reserve. So that keeps him basically from being a startable IDP option for the rest of the year, obviously. Um, but Mike Hilton has also been really solid uh, for, mm. for fantasy purposes this year, despite not playing an every down role. He is their primary nickel corner. So he gets that slot role, which that alignment helps him kind of stay involved in the play a little bit more, get those tackles. Um, he's the more widely rostered corner for Bengals um, cornerbacks here. There is other options. It's a decent matchup this week going against the Colts. Um, rookie DJ Turner, Chidobe Awuzie as well. Both of those guys playing full-time roles on the outside. Potentially fine streaming options um, in the right matchups. And, and going against the Colts this week, um, they've yielded 13.3 tackles per game to the cornerback position this season. But over the past three games, that number's gone up to 16.0, which has been one of the higher marks um, in the league. So potential there for for another option outside of Mike Hilton for those interested. But um, that was my little bit on the uh, the Cincinnati corners, basically, because I know a lot of people really like Tim. Cam Taylor-Britt, he's been awesome this year, but yeah. uh, with him on IR, maybe looking for other options. So You sold me, man. That was really good. Oh, okay, um, I'll <laughs> I, I tell you why I like this. Um, Mike Hilton's obviously brilliant. A really good mm-hmm. player. I really like Mike Hilton. Um, this has got a good potential in my mind to be a shootout. I, I look mm-hmm. at this team and go that both teams are quite desperate. Both teams have really bad defenses, uh, definitely bottom half. Um, and they are they are also subject to giving up big plays. The, these are not bad defenses. Like you're sort of a bit porous on the line, can't really do anything. 
Um, they are they are dodgy on the back end. Um, yeah. So I'm quite looking forward to this game, actually, uh, especially because surely there's no way the NFL can come with clashing uniforms in this game. Surely. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would really hope not, but yeah, this has been uh it, it'll be an interesting one, especially after seeing Jake Browning kind of perform really well on, on Monday night football. He was he was yep. really solid. So we'll see if he can actually keep that going or not, or if that was just kind of a one-time thing. But um other things on the Bengals here. Uh Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, both solid options at linebacker, Dax Hill yep. at safety as well. The interesting thing, I, I don't know why the Bengals are doing this, but they've basically benched nick scott right which that part Mm -hmm. i understand he's been really bad um and and (laughs) given jordan battle uh an opportunity here but for whatever reason jordan battle not playing 100 percent of snaps there's always like at -hmm. least like 10 to 15 snaps per game that he's not playing and that they're still putting nick scott out there which i don't know i for for me if you're gonna bench a guy just full-on bench him give the other guy a chance here keep him in the flow of the game i don't really get why they're still playing nick scott but that's the only thing that keeps jordan battle from rising too high up the rankings for me basically is that the you know 85 percent of snaps or, or whatever it is is just there, there's too many safeties that are playing 100 percent of snaps basically and 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 obviously we talk about it all the time but volume is key here so um still kind of waiting for that full-time true full-time role for jordan battle so you've intrigued me now because I hadn't really noticed uh, that. So just look at Nick Scott. It, for the first 11 games of the season, he, he's playing a pretty standard split safety alignment, uh, mm-hmm. right? You know, he's, he's back, he's in the box, uh, left to right. They're playing a lot of cover two, cover six, uh, and making decisions off that. Last last two weeks in particular, he's basically only been playing deep. So mm-hmm. we're putting together uh, circumstantial evidence here. But are we going that handful 10 plays uh, deep where we go, I really, really need my two safeties to cover half the field each and take away the deep crossing route. And I just don't think battle can do that uh, to right. the standard I need. It it sort of looks like those. Now I'm circumstantial evidence. We need to, we need to look at some data and probably need to watch those plays in particular, but that's really interesting. It is interesting. Yeah, for sure. Like you said, he's been playing just that basically. I think yeah, 89% deep last week. He did play a little bit in the slot, but not much. But Jordan Battle, 31% in the box as well. So maybe, yeah, he's the one coming down. Because we know they don't have, like, well, on most weeks, they don't have two true full-time linebackers, right? So mm-hmm. there's potential there that battles coming down and playing in the box. And I haven't watched a lot of the all 22 for Bengals either. So there's potential that maybe that that is the role there is those those dime snaps. Um, it is Nick Scott being the the third safety um, or the third or the sixth defensive back kind of coming out there and playing the deep role. So battle could play uh, more of a linebacker role. You know what freaks me about the Bengals every time I look at their defense? Um, so I, I will often argue that the best thing you can do about being a really good defense is just no one to get hurt. So every year, one or two defenses, no one gets hurt. And and they <laughs> tend to play really, really well because it yeah. turns out starters are much better than some scrub who's a special team that you pull in in, in December. Um, you look at the Bengals this year, basically no one's got hurt. Sure, Cam Taylor-Britt is, is on IR. He's missed a couple of games already. Um, there's a couple of others. Josh Tupo missed a couple of games. Sam Hubbard missed a couple of games. Trey Hendricks would beat up. Blah, 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 blah. But much healthier than most NFL teams. Now, Bengals fans obviously think their team's been beaten up because every every fan thinks their team's been beaten up. They've been really healthy, but really bad. And that's not a combination you see very often. 
Yeah, it's really not. And yeah, you're right. There really hasn't been a ton. Even Trey Hendrickson, like when he got hurt with that knee injury, he played again on the on the short week. I yeah. think it was too. And it was amazing. Back, so yeah, so there there really hasn't been a ton that they're missing. Like Nick Scott's been, he's definitely been bad. Like I, I know Bengals fans are not happy with his play um, coming in there as a free agent. So good to see they've at least cut down his snaps. But yeah, other than that, I mean, Bengals wise, I you feel. Fine, starting Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard this week against the Colts. Um, anybody else there? So you do, and I'm, I'm going to jump off for that, I'm afraid. Um, so just people listening, just before this, I was like, yeah, John, what do you want to talk about? Brief me, let's talk about stuff. And then we went, <laughs> we, we never do that anyway. So, right. <laughs> so, um, so Miles Murphy, right? First round draft pick. Yeah. Um, and I think we talked about this in summer, which was, it, it certainly looks like more NFL teams are willing to take a gamble on edge rusher in the first round. And we've talked about prevalent rotation and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but Miles Murphy basically not very playing very much, even with Sam Hubbard out. He, he didn't even hit 30 snaps a week. Um, and it, are we worried? Are you looking at him going, he, he's just not up to pace at the moment. So have they gambled on putting together that, that sort of edge uh, room and, and not hit? That worries me. Yeah, it's 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 been a bit of a bummer with Miles Murphy. I thought I really liked Miles Murphy. Um, he, like you say, there, there's always guys that we like coming out of the draft, and Miles Murphy was definitely one of them for me. I, I liked his like kind of all around ability as an edge defender. I thought he was a really good run defender in college, yeah. really good pass rusher as well. And I thought you know he can kind of level out what Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard do to give them a bit of a breather, and that may give him more snaps. And and it's still potential. There's still potential for that as he kind of grows in the NFL, right? Still just yeah. year one for him. But yeah, I like Miles Murphy. I thought he would play a little bit more this year, but I mean, I'm yeah, I'm not quite I'm not giving up on him yet. I, I still like the the potential there for him to to work Definitely. in. But yeah, he'll always be behind Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard as long as those guys are there, right? So that that's kind of the 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 caveat with him is might not be a very IDP relevant player um uh, because of his his spot in that rotation. Yeah, and, and this is sort of where I'm trying to add up to, um, and it's a bit of a more of a dynasty question rather than a, rather than a mm-hmm. season-long league one. Is you know when you're sitting there in rookie drafts, and after about round three, you're looking at a bunch of scrub running backs who are taken in the sixth round, and some yeah. dodgy wide receivers who have got real issues with them, and are on a you know the wide receiver four in their own team and that sort of stuff. And there's those first round linemen sitting there, and you're like, oh. At least he's going to be really good. Um, and that used to make much more sense. Now, I, I think definitely the last two or three years, with, with more and more edges going in the first and second round, we've we've been more willing to gamble on some of those guys, but a lower percentage of them pan out just because yeah. there are more guys forced in, in there and we're, there are more in rotation. So that's definitely changing how I look at dynasty uh, rookie drafts, I think. Yeah, definitely. And especially this past year's draft for for IDP purposes, like we kind of had a feeling once that draft concluded that these are a lot of depth guys at this point and they might not yep. be that relevant. And that's kind of turned out to be the case. Like there's definitely yep. a few obviously have, you know, been been starters and been good, but not as many, like you said, as it has been the case in past years. And that could be a change in philosophy in the league as well in trying to just create more uh, of a rotation across different positions, keeping guys fresh and playing players to their strengths as opposed to keeping players out there on 100% of snaps kind of thing. Yeah, definitely a thing. Right, should we talk about the Colts? The Lucky Charms. Yes, let's do it. Let's talk about the Colts here. Where's the, there's their slide. So for the Colts side of things, I, 
again pretty straightforward um defense i think for the most part for figuring out for idps we like zaire franklin ej speed playing a full-time role you could play him um for the most part across uh all formats uh, julian blackman has been excellent at playing that box heavy role that we we like from gus bradley's defense kenny moore also been very solid at cornerback so Really, the question marks for me come in at their uh, on the, along their defensive line and, and outside of DeForest Buckner, um, who who is a starter in DT required leagues. But guys like Samson Ebucam, Quiddy Pay, they both had two sacks each last week against a very bad Tennessee um, offensive line. That that was kind of the the thing there with them is they're both of their offensive tackles there in Tennessee are among the worst in the league, so they were able to take advantage of that this week. Bengals, not like their offensive line is amazing by any means, but they're definitely not as bad as the Andre Dillard and 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 um, what's his face, Dylan Raiden's uh, uh, on Tennessee. So have them a little bit lower this week, and the Bengals surprisingly giving up the fewest tackles per game to the defensive line position as well. So it, do- it kind of hurts their floor potentially as well. Yeah, I mean, you named a couple of, of names that are really interesting. So DeForest Buckner um, really struggled in the first what six, seven, eight weeks of this year. Uh, mm-hmm. He just he wasn't at, at his normal pace at all, and he's he's got really good recently. So uh, I'm not sure everyone's figured that out. So I like him, Quitty Pay is really interesting as well, right? We were just talking about edge rushers, and I would argue Quitty Pay was drafted at the end of sort of the last era where people were oh, first round edge. I liked him coming out. You have to say, I liked him coming out um, to, and people yeah. really keep faith with him for years and years and years. And Quiddy Pay is, is fine. He's a good player, but he's sort of one guy that's in rotation. He's not like, Oh, he's miles Gary. He's a stud on that team. He's just not at that speed at all. Um, and then the safety is totally agree. Uh, th- this is the last defense uh, that really harkens back to the old strong safety, free safety days, isn't it? You know, every team used to have a guy in the box and a guy that, that was 30 yards deep and never the twain shall meet. And that's changed massively over the last two or three years. Obviously, we've talked about two high shells, Patrick Mahomes, uh, blah, 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 blah. But... <laughs> But the Colts still do it. Old, old Gus Bradley is still like, no, I don't, that works for me really well. And, you know, when I was I, I was not quite there for the really good defense in Seattle and Jacksonville, I had nothing to do with those, but I was nearly there and that worked. Um, and he just, he refuses change. So, look, we talked yeah. about Junior Blackman in the summer and, and we're not here to gloat, but that is a sort of, those are the ways you win well in IDP. So don't follow the player, follow the scheme. And those scheme opportunities are few and far between. So if Junior Blackman's still there next year, brilliant, go with him. Um, if he's not for whatever reason, or, or probably more likely Gus Bradley's not there, look for mm-hmm. his guy because he's going to be value almost whoever he is. Yeah, that's a that's a great call for sure. Yeah, Gus Bradley um, Definitely has the potential not to be there uh, next year, which yeah makes Julian Blackman kind of uh, or probably irrelevant again. He he's never been a great IDP, but this year again the role made the player, um, which we love for for IDP purposes. Um, let's go to sorry. Oh, sorry, yeah. there was one other player I was going to talk about. Uh, not even yeah, play, yeah. just volume. Uh, Colts volume is a factor. So right. highest volume, highest defensive snap volume in the league. Right, they're playing about yeah. seventy two snaps a game. Um, and average is always somewhere between uh, 66 yeah. and 67. So that is, uh, if this was week four, I'd go, oh, whatever, don't worry, leave an out. It's too early to sell. It's week 13, and they are consistently playing high snaps. Last week, Zaire Franklin played 85 snaps, um, which is amazing. So it's great. Enjoy it whilst you can. But also, don't sit there after the end of the season and go, oh, that guy scored really well next year, because they're probably not going to play over 70 snaps a week next year. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a great call. And more likely, too, if they have one of those low snap games and Zaire Franklin doesn't get to double-digit tackles, we don't have to ask, you know, what the hell happened to Zaire Franklin. It, again, it just, <laughs> these things happen uh, week to week as well. So um, let's go to the Colts and, or the Bucks and the Falcons, sorry. Um, and where do you want to start with uh, with these two teams? Um, how, how disappointed I am with the Bucks. So I, I've been a giant fan of Todd Bowles over the year. Love him. He's so much fun. Feels a little bit dated. I watch the Bucks now, and I go, it it feels a bit like a one speed defense. You you basically switch between you know three four base and you know four two five nickel, and you blitz a lot and not a lot else. So again, going back to offensive coordinators and quarterbacks, they're smart, man. They do their homework. They they study. They know ten times more than I ever will. Um, and it seems quite predictable. And then just a few players having down years, right? Devin White, we've talked about a million times, blah, blah, blah. And obviously hurt anyway. Both linebackers not playing particularly well. The cornerbacks are definitely having a down year. Shaq Barra, I've been a huge fan. Um, doesn't feel like the guy he used to be at all. Joe Tryon Shoyanka is not quite catching fire. Um, again, a great example. I, I, you draft him in rookie drafts. You're like, oh, first round edge rusher in fifth round. That's really good. It's good value. And sure, it's probably worth a worth a gamble, but he, he's sort of just a guy. Yeah, he really is. And and it looks like his value too is just continuing to drop because they played, uh, they've been playing Yaya Diaby over him. So another Definitely. one of their rookies, right? And this is Joe Tryantrenka again, like you said, first round pick. They he's done nothing. He's shown nothing uh, in the NFL. He's had one or two good games, really, and that's been about it for him. So no surprise there that they're going away from him. And like you said, with Todd Bowles' defense too, just very kind of average, really. It is what it is. They they blitz at a high rate, like you said, but eh, it, there's there's not a ton there, and not a ton of um, guys on the defensive line either that you know are amazing. Like Vita Vey is great. Shaq Barrett coming off the Achilles too, but 82.1 pass rush grade for Shaq Barrett isn't bad. Um, but guys like Antoine Winfield have been really effective, obviously, but Devin White has been the complete opposite of that. Um, like you said, I think he, uh, 84th out of 85 linebackers as far as the defensive grade this season uh, with the oh. 39.2. So he's been terrible. Um, so he's, just not hitting him. Like that. It, yeah. But it never counted, right? It doesn't matter because he still posted yeah. the numbers anyway. And people are like, well, he's yeah. got to be good because he had a load of tackles and some sacks. And yeah. they've just, dried up his, his his blitzing appears to have averaged out a bit whether that's because coaches see him coming or they've got more tape on him whatever or he's old who knows and his tackling's fallen off a cliff like his tackle efficiency is just consistent really low um you talked about linemen earlier uh, I, I have two questions number one really quick answer for you you've got joe tryon shoyinka on your team and yaya diaby is sitting there as a free agent do you make the switch I think you do. I, I think he, he, there's no reason to really trust Tryon Shanka for me. I, I mean, I've been playing, I'm not really holding him for dynasty. I don't have a ton of faith in him. So really you're doing it for this year, right? You're, you you want the, at yeah. least the snaps. So um, yeah, in that case, you know, that Diaby's playing over him. He's actually been playing pretty well. He's five sacks in the past yeah. five games, played 65% of snaps last week. So that's kind of where I'm I'm looking. I'm looking at it just as a short-term move because I don't have a ton of interest in Joe Tryanchenko long-term, unfortunately. So I'm I'm with you, but I'm I'm living what I warned again just now about emotional versus <laughs> rational reasons. So rationally, I, I agree. That's the sensible thing to do. We we follow the the volume and likely uh, production. But emotionally, I'm like, yeah, Joe Tryan was first round pick, and I've had him looking <laughs> around a couple of years. So I, I can see it in my brain and got to force myself to all right second question um we sort of said no elite linemen apart from feet fair i 
Kalaja Kansi is starting right. to play pretty well. And sure. I don't think he's getting a lot of hype because nobody really cares about the Bucks anymore. Um, I quite like Kansi. I think he's playing yeah. well and I quite like watching him. He's a fun player. Yeah, I, I, I should have mentioned him in, in the, the defensive lineman group there. I have him as DT20 this week. So um, I, I like him for IDP as well. And was a really good pass rusher coming out. Got a lot of the Aaron Donald comps, obviously going to pit and being an undersized defensive interior player and stuff like that. Obviously not Aaron Donald level, but there's a reason he was getting those comps is, is because that he is a, a very good pass rusher um, from the interior. So there's definitely been potential there, and he's at least flashed some of that potential um, this season. Um, how about on the Atlanta side of things? Because Atlanta is also dealing with injuries at the linebacker position. Um, Nate Landman potentially hurt here. Didn't play most of the fourth quarter last week. Um, and yeah, Andre Smith um, had had to come in. Not a great player. Obviously, we're, we're not going to be excited about having to start Andre Smith as as one of our players this week in such a big week, but keeping an eye on on the injury report this week because Nate, Nate Landman has been good. He's been a really efficient tackler. The only thing is he, it hasn't been a full time role, right? Caden Ellis has still been the lone full time linebacker there, and there's been weeks where Landman's played a hundred percent of snaps, um, but it, it just hasn't been a, a consistent thing every week. So that makes it harder to trust like somebody like a Nate Landman, unfortunately, because he's been good, but. Um, in weeks like this, we want to go towards the 100% guys just to rule out any potential there for um, down weeks and, and to create a stronger floor. Yeah, I'm totally with you. There's also a name factor here. Um, so Andre Smith, I'm going to put in the same boat as Mark Anderson earlier. Um, and for whatever reason, probably probably more true for for America, for UK fans, um, we don't trust guys with boring names and we like guys <laughs> with cool names, right? So, so part of your brain is going, Caden Ellis, he sounds exotic and cool. I, I like him. I, I definitely like to go for a fun night in Atlanta with him. Some bloke called Mark Anderson or Andre Smith or right. Jason Barnett or whatever the hell it is. It's just <laughs> Paul Robinson. Boring, boring, boring. And you can never quite put your faith in. And also coaches feel this way as well. And that's why they don't play as well. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm definitely with you. Um, it is it is kind of a fun um, experiment to kind of keep an eye on. But uh, yeah, if other Mike than Hughes that, would, sorry, no, if ahead. Mike Hughes changed his first name to Michael Amazing, um, he would have had a way better <laughs> career. It wouldn't have been such a bust. I suspect you're probably right there. But um, yeah, other than, other than that, for the Falcons, I mean, Jesse Bates has been great. Um, Richie Grant, it's been a little bit harder to trust him recently. Uh, again, playing time hasn't been there. He's He's been cut down to like that 75 to yeah. 78% of snaps. DeMarco Hellum's getting a little bit more work um, at safety as well. So there, there seem to be kind of um, swapping guys a little bit there and playing both of them at the same time uh corners uh, carlton davis jamel dean the top guys there and the defensive line again still not a great defensive line but dupree coming off his oh, best david game of the Onyemata. year david on has been great yeah he's I been the, the one Onyemata. that i like and yeah having a really strong season might be close to a career year for him as well last time i checked it was but um some great years in the saints as well he's yeah. had a really solid career He's been awesome. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to be harder to trust um, somebody like a Bud Dupree. I know he had the two sack game last week, but 
that was his best game of the year, 72.2 pass rush grade, which tells you, you know, that that is a good number. But if that's his best game of the year, it's kind of telling you what his ceiling is here. And it was against the Jets and a third and fourth string quarterback and a very bad offensive line. The Bucks' yeah. offensive line is much better, obviously. And Baker Mayfield has done a decent job avoiding sacks. So different levels of um, opponent here this week. So staying away from Bud Dupree, if I can. It just comes back to edge again. Uh, it, it's so important. So I, I think the Falcons have... have probably been the most improved defense in the nfl this year um they're a, they're a pretty good unit probably borderline top 10 and they've been amongst the worst units in the nfl last two years but they still haven't got an edge rusher right you you've got bud dubrie you just talked about his best game was a 72 grade that's not very good you've got Calais campbell playing on the edge this year and great he's still Calais campbell but but he's not Calais campbell um calais campbell obviously you know name yourself after the city or town you've got to pronounce it right um so if if the I, I, every time I watch the Falcons defense, I'm like, imagine how good they would be if they actually had a proper edge rusher on this team. And I'm yeah. I'm really hoping next year they go, you know, guys, we, we've we've tried getting in Lorenzo Carter and Bud Dupree and drafting a bunch of guys in the second and third round, and it's not really working because they're yeah. not a very good pass rush team at all. Um, but they're a really good defense, so I'm, I'm really hoping they get some talent there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I hope so. And uh, they should have some sh- some chances here. They'll have some draft picks. But uh, yeah, so far, just haven't been able to hit at that position. So let's go to the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears next. And I'll start things off with uh, maybe let me see. I'll start with the Chicago side of things. So the Chicago IDPs, um, as Tom goes to get a, a drink, but Chicago... TJ Edwards, obviously, he's been great. We're starting him. He's been LB. He's LB3 for me this week going against the Lions, and the Lions are giving up the eighth most tackles per game to the linebacker position. So we love that, obviously. Tremaine Edmonds went back to 100% of snaps in week 12 before their bye week last week. He was eased into action in week 11, I guess it was, um, but safe in 100% role, definitely still startable. Jaquan Brisker is the other player that I think is worth talking about here. So I have him as, as a higher um, ranked safety this week, safety three, um, mostly been one of the most efficient tacklers at the safety position at 11.7%, um, mostly because he spent 42% of his snaps lined up in the box this season, which has certainly helped him maintain that high tackle efficiency. Um, Brisker going off against the Lions this week, yielded 14.9 tackles per game to the safety position, which is the fifth most um, this season. So still really like Jaquan Brisker and uh, guys like Kyler Gordon. I still feel good about starting him. I'll be interested how you feel, Tom, about Montez Sweat, because 
He's another one before the bye week has he posted his best pass rush game of the year, 75.7 pass rush grade, had seven pressures, one and a half sacks. Um, re- really good game against a, a pretty good Vikings offensive line there, but really hasn't been as good as his pass rush. I guess his sack numbers did at least said what they were, at least when he was with Washington going to Chicago. Now, um, obviously, the sacks haven't been as high Um with him so uh, and and it's partially because of the pass rush metrics he was leading the league in cleanup pressure rate um when he was with washington before he got traded did doesn't necessarily have the talent along this chicago defensive line to to benefit from that so how are you feeling about montez sweat going forward yeah skeptical um look i I really like montez sweat he's he's a really good player ah great stance as well love that stance of his um (laughs) i I, I still think this is going to sound a bit trite, like a cliche. I think he's a, he's amongst the best number two edge rushers in the NFL. He's not the guy I want to go out there and terrify uh, number ones. Um, but this, this this Bears edge unit is so weird anyway, right? So you've got Montez Sweat that's come in, and he's probably walked in the first day and gone, oh, great, I'm, I'm, I'm a bear now. Who's around? Oh, the, the specter of Yannick Ngakwe, who can't be bothered <laughs> anymore and then you've got Rashim green and demarcus walkers who who are very very different sorts of players right they're 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 probably 30 pounds different and just built different and have a different role that they are not doing the same thing at all um so it's it's an impossible situation again the bears are another team that refuse to to really heavily invest in the edge position for whatever reason and they desperately desperately need talent there they need talent everywhere so whether they can address it or not i've got no idea um, but I, I, I like Sweat as a useful asset. I, I, I'm not that excited. There's a golden age for for edges in the NFL. We all often talk mm-hmm. that that top elite tier. There's probably five or six players in it, right? Depending on how you cut it, the Watts and the Garrets and blah blah. And then you've got another group of people there. Probably the next eight or ten players, something like that. We talked about Clowney early. He's definitely been there. Um, Shaq uh, Barrett was, was the archetype of that player for a few years, and and I'm not. I'm not sure Montez Sweat is quite in that. Um, I think he might be in that third tier, which should probably 15 down to 30, something like that. So a, a good player, like being the being amongst the top 20 guys in your position in the whole league is, is amazing. It doesn't mean he's a bad player, but in IDP, we're, we're, we're mostly looking at the top 24 guys. How confident mm-hmm. can I be this guy's in top 24? And that's difficult with edge anyway. And if you're only ranked 15 to 20 at best in the first place, you're probably not going to be top 24 most weeks. So are you a good you asset or not? I struggle with that. Yeah, and he's outside of that range for me this this week, especially um, outside that top 24. The Lions, one of the better pass blocking units in the league. Jared Goff, one of the best quarterbacks at avoiding sacks so far this this year as well. So just not a great matchup for Montez Sweat and uh, not necessarily um, the uh, the best pass rush metrics to, um, to, to trust against a really tough opponent here. So uh, let's go to the Lions IDPs here and let's start with um, let's start with Aiden Hutchinson because this has been kind of a, a curious case here, right? He's been excellent this season. Uh, he's earned top 10 marks for his position across the board as a pass rusher, including a 90.4 pass rush grade, which is fourth best among edge defenders, 17.5% pressure rate, which is ninth, a 21% win rate, which is also fourth. He's just been incredibly unlucky in the sack department, right? Just five and a half on the year. That's tied for 35th among edge defenders. Um, 
it feels like he's due for some positive regression. I don't know if it's going to happen this week, but it could. Going against the Bears, right tackles uh, Darnell Wright, who is allowed six sacks on the year, tied for seventh most among offensive tackles. He, he owns a 62.3 pass blocking grade as well, which is 50th among offensive tackles. You got Justin Fields back there, who's taken 28 sacks on the year. That's tied for ninth most in the league, despite missing several games. I think Hutchinson has a chance here at least to come through. I think the problem for Hutchinson and why he's not necessarily getting those sacks is because, again, kind of a similar issue with Aaron Donald is that he's the obvious and clear choice for teams to scheme against along this defensive line because he doesn't have a lot of help. Um, James Houston, who was a really good pass rush specialist last year, he's been hurt. The Aquara brothers haven't really done much. Aleem McNeil's now on IR as well. He's been fine as a defensive pass rusher, but um, there's not a lot else on the Lions defensive line, right? So I think that's kind of what is hurting Aiden Hutchinson's potential to get sacks, but I do still have faith in him to kind of get home and at least have some positive regression, especially going into next season, um, but for the rest of this season as well. So I have him as like edge 11 this week. I I have questions for you here. I'm, I'm going to slightly play devil's advocate with you here, John. Sure. Um, so first thing, in the interest of talking about rational and emotional language, I, I think we need to be really careful. Uh, I know you don't mean this, but regression to the mean and getting a little bit like It's really tempting to go. I agree. Clearly, Aiden Hutchinson has had bad sack luck so far. It hasn't worked out for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about why in a minute. Um, and it's really tempting to go, well, I think he'll have more luck going forward because he hasn't. And, you know, obviously, rationally, we would assume he has the same luck as everybody else, right? Uh, that's right, what right. we should expect. But a massive part of our brain goes, he should have more luck. Um, now, I'm fine with that. Now, the second part, um, I, I, I tend to think it's more pure luck rather than something else. So I, I, I hear your case, and definitely is the case. There's not a lot of other good pass rushers on this defense. Um but I'm, I'm not sure the lack of other elite pass rushers harms his chance to get the sack. Because if that was true, then he wouldn't be getting pressures either, right? Um, unless the hypothesis is, you know, it's the difference between having other guys that makes the quarterback hesitate an extra half mm-hmm. second and he actually gets, I don't know, it's possible. But it starts getting a bit murky for me. Um, so I'm I'm more inclined to think he's just had bad luck. And for whatever reason, on we're talking literally four, five, six plays, right? If they'd gone slightly different way half a second longer then we wouldn't talk about it uh and five times the quarterback has got the ball out or dropped it or or, or mm-hmm. dumped it off or, or whatever it's, it's just it's not enough for sample size to make me think there's anything else going on there i think he's just unlucky and we talked about max crosby earlier we'll get on to him max crosby was has been a classic example of loads of sacks and no pressure and loads of pressure and no sacks and is bottomed out as loads of volume and sort of halfway both so you know you you do see the same player have loads of things. I I don't think Aiden Hutchinson is on that. Was on that level. I don't think he's close to the Max Crosby's and the Michael Parsons and Nick both uh, of that. But he, he's definitely in that second tier we talked about. So yeah. in IDP, does it really matter, right? Because in most cases, unless you're really good at this, you're probably looking at him going, "He's my top edge this week." Even though he hasn't had the sack so far, he's probably still the name, the number one uh, choice there. So everything else is sort of long term value and just flapping chins yeah no it's a great point and I'm, I'm with you i think 
for the most part, I do believe that it is just him being unlucky, right? And and you mentioned, you know, trying to rationalize why that could be. And 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 part of it is I I do think like for me, at least for a handful of plays, it's not a ton of plays, right? Where the he is getting that extra attention on on the on the uh, the defensive line. But yep. I I mean, you look at the pass rush metrics and and all things point to him being like a top 10 to 12 edge rusher in the nfl and then you you add the the volume on top of that as well and that's where you say you know most players playing this many snaps doing this playing at this high of a level they're going to convert this many sacks right and for him he's definitely been below that um version of it so i i I have a pretty good feeling when i do like the sacks above expected calculations um after the the end of this season he's probably going to be at the bottom of the list and in the negative category and that's that's where you look at maybe you know he he could have gotten four or five more sacks this season and not to the level that max crosby was like you said where he was like eight sacks short of his expected total but um it, it should be pretty close to that um especially if things continue the way they were but still love the talent there for Aiden Hutchinson and especially in a year in year two as well playing as well as he has been with potential to kind of grow there um if he continues to to progress I've been really impressed and surprised so I I I hate to say it I was a little bit guilty of thinking Lions are gonna Lions this year um not necessarily being a believer in Dan Campbell and I was wrong um they've been way better than I thought they they were gonna be so yeah it's great to see you always want to see yeah. Um, I'll, I'll politely call them underdog teams uh, doing really well. Um, so I hope I'm wrong. I hope Adrian Hutchinson goes on to become the new Max Crosby. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, they, they've been a good defense this year. Part of that has been that Alex Anzalone has also played really well um, as their starting linebacker, uh, as amazing as that is. And he <laughs> is questionable um, this week, but he did return to practice. So he could potentially be back out there playing that full-time role. If he's not, Again, Derek Barnes, Jack Campbell, we talked about them last week. Not necessarily going to be full-time guys. They'll rotate them in and out for a handful of snaps here or there. So they, they come down the lower in the ranks just for not being full-time players. But Alex Anzalone, I have him as LB26 right now um, just because of the, the full-time role. Uh, if he does play, it's just like a, it's a slightly below average matchup for tackle opportunities against Chicago. But um yeah other than that i mean brian branch has been fun again one of those mm-hmm. you know you're looking at rookies that actually have made an impact this year brian Ban- branch has been one he's listed as a safety really he's a corner he's their their nickel corner there um and the the bears are giving up the ninth most tackles per game to the cornerback position so it could be a nice week for for brian branch at least i still claim that uh slot cornerback is an oxymoron and should not be allowed <laughs> That's true. Yeah, not necessarily uh, corners that play in the slot, which uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> does not make a ton of sense. And it's yeah, not always the players that are designated as corners that are lined up in the slot either. So, uh, but that's a whole other conversation for sure. And uh, we're definitely running a little bit long here, so we'll, we'll try to move it a little quicker. Uh, we knew this was going to happen, Tom. But let's move to the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cleveland Browns. Uh, where do you want to start with these two teams? Uh, so let's talk about Browns volume really, really quickly. Uh, we talked about the Colts playing a lot. Uh, the Browns are are going to go down as one of the lowest volume defenses in recent years. They're averaging about 58 snaps a, a week, which is super, super, super low. Um, so it makes it really, really hard to trust any of them. Now, obviously, Mark Garrett is a big example. There's a couple of others that you probably like, but I'm, the linebacker is just a big hole. So my IDP advice is don't start any of them if you have any sort of choice at all. Miles Garrett, sure. Everyone else I, I feel pretty unsure about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, especially the linebackers. And 
I, we might go off topic here again, but we talked about this in the off season, right? You brought up a really good point um, when we had a podcast this off season about how much the head coach might affect defensive scheme as well, right? So they changed defensive coordinators from Joe Woods to Jim Schwartz, and Jim Schwartz has typically been more consistent with linebacker usage, but it hasn't been something that the Browns have been consistent in in the past, right? And Kevin Stefanski Mm -hmm. still installed there as the head coach, and then we've seen this linebacker rotation be just as much of a a rotation as it was in in previous years where Joe Woods was involved. So Kevin Stefanski could still have put his stamp on that um, as well. So um, yeah, it's just a mess, and like you said, just something to avoid there yeah don't Um, touch him let's not go into detail yeah and then miles garrett is dealing with the shoulder shoulder injury didn't really limit his playing time this past week um maybe it hurts his potential for production i don't know still posted like a really high 23 percent win rate this past week um and played like 89 percent of snaps so uh, you for a player like miles garrett you don't panic on him unless you see it for like multiple games like it's just one game i know he had the zero in the box score but still miles garrett still playing at a very high level so we start him other than that there's not a lot of question marks here so let's talk about the jacksonville jaguars and a nice matchup oh, for the mean, jaguars you mean jaguars don't you the jaguars okay, yes sorry my bad, my bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Ooh, yeah can, the, can i say nice things about uh jags um yes please. josh allen i think josh allen is quietly having a it's really, really good season so he was he was obviously really highly drafted came out everyone loved josh allen and it it's safe to say it took him quite a while to adjust and he had some ups and downs bit of injuries this year again tier two so he's somewhere between the sixth and tenth best edge in the nfl and doing really really good um so credit where it's due absolutely yeah josh allen was somebody that i loved this offseason was very high on him was somebody that i got a lot in drafts because people i think they look at the sack totals again they saw that he only had double digit sacks in his rookie year hasn't really got there that got to that point um but all the pass rush metrics told us that this is a very very good player those sacks are going to come he was also a really good tackler um hasn't been amazing tackler this year he's like 14th among edge defenders has been better of late but 13 and a half sacks on the year um got an interception last week as well on that unbelievable tyler boyd pass i don't know what the hell the Bengals were doing there but um we'll take it for idp purposes because yeah josh allen's been excellent um also excellent devin lloyd and foyer luacon the the linebackers there um this has been nice to see yeah this is devin lloyd is is really nice so he's he's way out ahead of all the other linebackers the nfl in terms of passes defended which is a really good stat for telling you what is a a, a, how much impact a, a player is having on passing game now traditionally look at interceptions but not such a good metric pds are really good and he's way ahead of all that other linebackers and i take you back a year ago do you remember Devin Lloyd got dropped and everyone's like oh i liked chad moomer coming out so it's him now <laughs> um and then all the offseason we're like no no no, they, they believe in Devin Lloyd they invested yeah. in him he's still a really good player he's just a rookie it's really hard playing rookie uh playing linebacker in the NFL as a rookie it's really hard and Devin Lloyd has clearly had a brilliant offseason and dedicated yeah. himself and learned and developed so I'm full of excitement for him yeah this was definitely one that we talked about this offseason quite a bit and and talking about how the Jaguars they're very invested in him they seemed like they were going to give him another shot so I wasn't overly concerned about the Chad Muma thing then he got hurt Chad Muma worked in and Chad Muma looked really really bad so um luckily that didn't cause any issues Devin Lloyd holds holds his job going against the Browns this week who have given up the second most tackles per game to the linebacker position so Devin Lloyd they got him as like LB9 this week uh really like him uh Foya Luke on still LB1 yeah um other than that I mean yeah we're not really starting Trayvon Walker there's really not much else there (laughs) (laughs) Um, Trayvon Walker um 
now we talked about players and we're giving up and giving chances and rookies and blah blah blah. I'm I'm pretty close to going. I'm not sure Trayvon Walker is ever going to be close to the guy they wanted him to be. He just hasn't shown it yet, right? Like, especially when you compare him to Aiden Hutchinson, who they could have, that it's just looking like a really, really bad pick. And yeah, it uh, is. we kind of had a feeling that could be that that was the risk, right? In in taking him over Hutchinson. But you look at the athletic profile and things like that, maybe it works out. But uh, God, I don't know. It's taking, it's going to might take a long time here for Trayvon Walker. So we'll give him a couple years, maybe. Um, <laughs> we'll see how bad it looks in year three. Uh, you you're more generous than me. Yeah, yeah. Might, uh, might Let's do a segue there. to someone someone who also doesn't like to give his employees a couple more years. Uh, David Tepper and the Carolina Panthers. Okay, okay. Hold on, hold on. Let, let's do a quick. Uh, that was very good. And I, I kind of have to, ruin it to, to put the, the prize picks <laughs> ad in here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, before we go to the Carolina Panthers, I do want to let you know this podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Pick is a skill-based, real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players. If they will go more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Um, Prize Picks, still, second week in a row, no tackle props up there on the website right now. So we have to go back to our ones that we talked about on Tuesday. I had uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba under 44 and a half receiving yards going against the 49ers who have to, uh, tied for the fewest yards allowed per coverage target when teams are targeting the slot. They've given up the third fewest yards per attempt um jackson smith and jigba uh last game posted 41 yards against the 49ers just saw three targets so i'm going with the under there and nate went with deontay johnson over 39 and a half reception uh receiving yards um this week against the against the patriots so uh like that one as well but at price picks you aren't competing against other people it's just you versus the projections go to pricepicks.com slash pff fantasy use code pff fantasy for a first deposit match up to 100 that's uh pricepicks.com slash pff fantasy use code PFF fantasy for a first deposit matchup to one hundred dollars. All right, let's talk about uh, those Carolina Panthers. David Tepper, that was <laughs> that, that was a really good, uh, um, and uh, and the New Orleans Saints here. So uh, let's start with uh, the uh, let's start with the Panthers. I guess. Oh God, I, yeah. There's not a ton here on Carolina. I mean, Frankie Louvu. Uh, we, we really like uh, this. Is a nice matchup for Frankie Louvu going against the Saints, who have given up uh, the third most tackles per game to the linebacker position. He is the lone every-down linebacker there in Carolina, and it's not particularly close because guys like Cameron Gruger Hill, Deion Jones are just not playing a lot at all. So, um, really, it, it's it's up to Frankie Louvu here to get the tackles for us at the linebacker position so like that quite a bit for him um mm-hmm. anybody else that interests you on carolina um brian burns obviously but again yeah. we've we've talked one dimensional right if you're in the right sort of league uh so if you're in the right sort of league and you are defensive lineman is all about sacks great brian burns can can help you out he's still brian burns if you're in the right sort of league and linemen who rack up tackles uh really mm-hmm. help you out Derek brown um, is actually having a brilliant season in terms of tackle numbers. You remember last year when Christian Wilkins was like head and shoulders above every other yeah, yeah. interior lineman in tackle. Never something like, tackles. He's just got a nose <laughs> for the ball and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, Derek Brown is, is the Christian Wilkins of this year. So if you're in a tackle heavy league, he, he's scoring really well for you. Apart from that, not interested. Again, the, the Panthers, I, I would say the Panthers, probably the worst pass rush in the NFL this year. Um, and we yeah. saw it coming, right? We it's tempting to assume the pass rusher is as good as their best pass rusher. So you look at Brian Burns and you go, well, he's pretty good. Uh, So they're going to be pretty good. But then you look at everybody else and go, yes, we're gross metals. We spent so much of the off season going, are they like, really, really? Are they going to start him? Because he's, he's proved 
quite a lot he's not the mm-hmm. guy and they keep investing these day two picks dj johnson amari barno um and they could yeah the ghost of justin houston people like that and it, it looked like a not good enough unit and it's been not good enough so yep. Derek brown brian burns everyone else whatever don't care yeah, no, I'm I'm with you 100%. And yeah, for for anybody starting Von Bell too, questionable again. If he can't go, um, Alex Cook was the next man up, uh, not Jeremy Chin, um, who they just hate over there. So um, Jeremy Chin just playing in the slot anyways, but on a part-time role. So uh, not interested too much there. But on the Saints side of things, same thing. They're, they're also dealing with injuries at the linebacker position. Pete Werner, uh, questionable. We don't know if he's going to play this week. Didn't play last week. Nephi Sewell um, played in his his stead mm-hmm. and put up uh, just 72% of, of uh, snaps. So wasn't a full-time role for him either. Right. So um, yeah. And then Zach Bond, 35%. Sorry. What are you, you going to say? Sorry, Zach Bond. I, I think it's interesting. So again, shining a spotlights on our errors. Uh, Zach Bond is one of those players who was sort of a hybrid player in, in college and everyone's like, Oh, they're going to convert him to off, off ball linebacker. because He's quite quick. And they never have. They never have. Uh, yeah. He's always been that sort of, we would have called it a Sam linebacker in past years. That role doesn't really exist, but it's sort of closest to what you do. And every time someone gets injured, they're like, oh, yeah, Pete Warner's out. Zach Bourne season, because <laughs> I'm going to say it again, I liked him coming out. And, and right. it's just wrong. <laughs> He's yeah. not that guy. He doesn't play that position. He can't play that position. He's not very good at it. So stop thinking it's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to stop trying to make Zach Bond happen. It's not going to happen. Um, and <laughs> it's really not going to happen for, for the Saints linebackers, it seems, this year. These guys have just been super inefficient um, relative to the position. Demario Davis as well. Pete Werner's been inefficient. Again, potentially a result here in playing in one of the more man-heavy defenses in the NFL. They, they play the fourth highest rate of man coverage, right? So we know that that does affect um, linebacker tackle efficiency as well, mm-hmm. and, and they do it so often that potentially taking away some of those tackle opportunities for the linebacker position. And yeah, it just pushes them down the ranks when we see these kinds of things. So I am not overly excited about them. I think I have tomorrow Davis Davis LB 35 or something like that this week. So um, yeah, I'm with you. Um, one quick shout out to Alante Taylor, who mm-hmm. is that weird combination of having a brilliant season, but being targeted a load. So yeah. our, our subconscious sort of goes, Oh, you know, because quarterbacks and defense coordinator are smart, they throw the ball at the cornerbacks who are rubbish and don't throw the ball at the cornerbacks who are really good. And, and often that's that's not true. And Alonso Ta- Alonso Taylor is playing really well, but is still being targeted at a huge rate. Uh, do you remember Kyle Fuller a couple of years ago in um, mm-hmm. Chicago had the same thing? So it does crop up. Um, don't know why. It doesn't make any sense to me, but it definitely does. Yeah, it's been nice with Alante Taylor too. Like since Marshawn Lattimore has been on injured reserve, um, that's allowed him to kind of go back to a like a true every down role there for the Saints. He he, yeah. he trailed off in snaps for a little bit, but also primary uh, primary slot um, corner there for for the Saints as well, um, and been one probably one of their more efficient tacklers on the defensive back position, even including their safety. So um, like mm-hmm. that about Alante Taylor as well. But um, other than that. I mean, edge guys, you're starting Carl Granderson. I'm avoiding Cameron Jordan this week. Uh, he's deal- dealing with some kind of ankle injury. He only played 29% yeah. of snaps in week 13. Um, and, you know, it doesn't necessarily have like a ton of great pass rush metrics to back him up or, or to put him in here, even though it's a really, really great matchup against the Panthers who allow a lot of pressure and a lot of sacks. So Carl Granderson, you like, I like him as the edge 14 um, this week, but Cameron Jordan, I am trying to avoid just in case he's on that limited snap uh, share as well again. Yeah. Agree with that. 
Um, nice. All right, let's go to the Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers. Anybody that w- you want to start with um, for these two teams? Uh, can we talk about Jordan Brooks? Uh, yes. He's quite interesting. Um, now, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Jordan Brooks at the best of times uh, and certainly appeared to be banged up last week as well. Um, so he's one of those guys who I think if, if you look at scoring sorted linebackers, he's probably still not doing too badly he's probably mm-hmm. quite high at the ranks but i just don't have faith in him at all like much less faith than than you should have based on how many points he scored yeah linebacker wise I, yeah he'll be on a contract year i'll be interested to see if they bring him back because i don't think they picked up his fifth year option either right so yeah okay. it was nice to see him kind of get back in the lineup especially after that late season acl tear and yeah. he's been good for idp purposes right which, which yeah. we care about more but for next season it might be a little bit shaky a little dicey there um in what his future is um and my son is playing with the lights upstairs and it's affecting these ones <laughs> if anybody's um I was, but i was talking to someone about jordan brooks the other day and he's one of those players i think the raiders will give a huge contract to interesting that um makes sense i i could see it i i could absolutely see it i mean they got robert spillane there divine diablo hasn't really worked out yeah i could see it i mean they're they're gonna have they're gonna have a new coaching staff there this this offseason right so we'll see yeah we'll see what the what the changes are like there but yeah i don't mind that landing spot if it does happen so we'll see where are you on jamal adams because uh jamal adams was sort of a slightly underperforming idp but really good player uh but mm-hmm. the best thing that he did was, was be that real tight end big slot matchup uh and then come into the box and then he had like one or two years where he racked up loads of tackles um and then he got hurt and he sort of in idp terms he looks like a bit of a jag to me at the moment. He kind of has been, yeah. And he's really matchup dependent on me for for me, like um, on any given week, like because I yep. still like the alignments a fair bit. And and you know, again, th- this is one of those matchups where I would like him. I do put him in, would put him in lineups this week. The 49ers are giving up the most tackles per game to the safety position, so there's potential there for him. Um, but yeah, most weeks, like I'm probably going to have him outside of that top 12 safeties more in that kind of safety two range um just because like he's he's been about yeah average as far as tackle efficiency goes right so um nothing too exciting from him he still gets the blitz opportunities feel like he's got to deliver on one of those <laughs> it's been so long now since he's been he's had a sack which he became known for but um as long as he keeps getting opportunities maybe he'll, he'll land one but yeah like him like him a lot more this week um just because of the matchup but for most weeks yeah cooling on jamal adams for sure yeah, um, you mentioned uh, 49ers being good for safety as well. I, I noticed this earlier. Uh, 49ers have had the second most pass attempts against them this season. Um, and you say that to people and they're like, oh, yeah, of course, they're really good. They're the best team in the NFC, so teams have to pass on them because they're behind. And then he goes, sure, but the other teams with the most passes are the Vikings and the Bears and the Chargers. Um, the, the Eagles are up there as well. But, I mean... The Vikings, Bears, and Chargers aren't really good teams, so there's no real link to it. It, it comes down to style and what they give up and what they don't. Mm-hmm. But agree with you, the 49ers are are a defense that attracts a lot of passes, but is also really, really good against the pass, which is right. an interesting combination. Yeah, for sure. And the 49ers, too, specifically, like looking at their IDPs, they're a, a stingy group, right? They don't give up a lot of tackles per game to the linebacker position, um, yeah. nor do they to the, the cornerback position or 
defensive line. Um, they're about average for safety. So uh, it's a neutral matchup kind of across the board for, for a lot of these guys. Fred Warner, look, I, I mean, he's been amazing. Like, it doesn't really matter, like, matchup-wise. Most people are going to start him because he's Fred Warner, right? So you, you're starting him. Same thing with Drake Greenlaw. These guys are playing full-time roles as long as Drake Greenlaw doesn't get ejected again. But um, other than that, that's... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's not a ton to figure out. Like Nick Bosa, Chase Young in that like low end edge two range, probably for me. Um, but Nick Bosa, I have no problem starting. Same thing with Javon Hargrave, um, who's been, again, just an excellent pass rusher this year. Um, mm-hmm. It just, it's, yeah, it's hard to bench him, especially in DT required leagues. Yeah. I'm, Chase Young is, Chase Young has come on really strongly for me. Um, now, obviously, he's he's had plenty of ups and downs in his career. He got traded for a you know, dodgy pick, blah, blah, blah. I, I think he's growing into that role on the 49ers, and he's looked pretty good. Now, is he going to get up to Nick Bosa, 50 snaps a, a game of territory? Probably not. It's not really who they are. Um, but I, I do quite like him. So when I'm setting my lineup this week, he, he's if, if he's my top edge, I'm worried. If it's... If I'm looking at him as one of my options for edge two, I probably mm-hmm. feel okay about it actually. Yeah, I have him as edge twenty. Like like you said, he's not playing the necessarily the same snap share uh, as a as a Nick Bosa, but sometimes that works to, to a pass rusher's advantage, right? Yep. It keeps these guys fresh and they're they they they're able to come with a little more juice as as a rusher. So, um, and he's definitely looked a lot better this year since he's been healthy. So that's been nice to see. Um, yeah, one more player on the 49ers um, we really will go. Jair Brown, um, who has come on leaps and bounds and looking really good. So love Jair Brown at the moment. Yeah, he's been a fun one. Um, and, and yeah, I know he's playing mostly deep here, but, uh, you know, coming in, there, there's not like a ton of exciting safeties for the uh, 49ers other than Telenuho Fonga, who people really liked, but he was really more average than anything. Um, <laughs> he hasn't wasn't nearly as good as what his highlight reel would suggest, but Jair Brown is coming in, kind of doing the same thing, been very solid, um, and somebody that we can definitely trust in those uh, starting yeah. lineups. Hufanga's got two of the holy trinity, right? The, the, he really the reason people like safeties is, you know this, get drafted in the first yeah. round, have a cool name, and have recognizable hair on the field, and he's got two, so everyone's yeah. going to love him. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Um, All right, let's go to the Minnesota Vikings at the Las Vegas Raiders. And the main thing to start start with here uh, is on the Raiders side, and that is Max Crosby still potentially dealing with a knee injury, um, but coming off a bye week, so another week to get healthy there. And it really didn't seem to affect him too much in uh, week 12 before their bye because he still played 82% of the defensive snaps and got a sack against Patrick Mahomes, uh, who was the hardest quarterback in the league to sack. So um, Max Crosby has just been fantastic. He's been such a fun player to have on IDP rosters and just delivers week after week, has that great production floor as well because he's out there for 100% of snaps most weeks, um, which is just unreal for, for the position. So love me some Max Crosby Man. every single week. So here's my comparison. Um, he, he's obviously leads uh, leads all edges in, in playing time, and he's playing, what, about 65 snaps a week on average, something like that. Second is TJ Watt. TJ Watt, ex-defensive uh, player of the year, who's averaging slightly under 60. So that's about five, six snaps, something like that. So even if Max Crosby loses, let's say, 20% of his volume, 13 snaps he, he's still only seven or eight <laughs> behind the number two guy in the whole league which is yeah. just mad his lead over everybody is so far that he can lose a bunch of time to injury and still just be level with his peers which is incredible 
Yeah, he, he's amazing. I, I think there there's an argument for him to be like the most valuable IDP um, right now uh, going because of the, the amount of snaps that he plays at such a valuable yeah. position and playing at such a high level as a pass rusher as well. But um, right. yeah, other than that, I mean, Nate Hobbs, really solid corner. I like him uh, this week. Vikings given up the 11th most tackles per game to the cornerback position. I have Nate Hobbs mm-hmm. is like CB4 this week. Um, it's a nice matchup for the linebackers for the Raiders as well, but that is mostly Robert Spillane, who is the lone full-time uh, linebacker there. I have him as LB21. Uh, Divine Diablo outside of that range. He's LB43 for me. So anybody else on the Raiders for you? Uh, no. Uh, worth noting, Divine Diablo was ADP-wise a top 10 linebacker this offseason. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. be careful out there, guys. Yeah. I, I like Diablo. Thought he would be the lone full-time guy there this offseason, but that is that's very high to have him. Um and yeah, definitely hasn't panned out. Um All right, we've got like 10 teams to do, so we should Yeah, let's talk. go, let's go quick here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um yeah, Minnesota. Let's talk quickly about the uh, a very fun defense here in Minnesota. We talked about this one this offseason with Brian Flores coming in. A lot of three safety looks, uh one yeah. linebacker team. We thought they'd be a very man-heavy defense. They're definitely still the very blitz-heavy defense, but they're the seventh most zone heavy defense in the nfl so brian flores has really changed um his philosophy in that regard but anybody on on minnesota that you want to talk about particularly because there's a few guys that i like but um i'll start with you first uh ivan pace is is the obvious one so i i think there are a few ivan pace you know was that classic guy who who every single person in the idp world is like here's my gem that no one is talking about about. but you know it's time so it's coming out really well so enjoy that who I like on the Vikes is the safeties. Um, yes. And those safeties have been really, really high tackle options for most of the season. And how that's that schematic and how it puts together, I don't really know, but it's definitely a thing. And teams have been going after safeties and they've been lacking, uh, racking up the numbers. So look, we've talked about Harrison Smith for years. Absolutely love him as a player. Is he the guy he used to be? Probably not. Maybe that's why they're, they're playing three full-time safeties. Um, but they're all putting up numbers. So you just keep plugging them in. Yeah, absolutely you do. Yeah, all these guys are playing full-time roles. And probably my favorite of the group is Josh Metellus. I, I love Josh Metellus this year. Um, playing a lot in the box, getting a lot of those blitz opportunities. He's playing like kind of that Brandon Jones role that was in um, Brian Flores' defense in Miami, except he's playing every single snap now. Um, so that I, I've been very uh, excited about Josh Metellus. But other than that, um, Byron Murphy is CB26. He's the highest-ranked Minnesota Viking corner for me. Daniel Hunter, edge nine. DJ Wanham, edge 41. Harrison Phillips, DT 16 for those um, uh, DT required leagues. But yeah, DJ Wanham, I know he's been productive, but again, this is not a very good pass rusher here. I mean, DJ um, Wanham at number 41 would be too high if there were only 41 edges. <laughs> <in the league. laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, all right, let's go to uh, the Denver Broncos at the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I'll let you kick us off uh, for these two teams. Uh, Broncos weird defense this year, right? Because they were they were historically bad at the start of the season. They've obviously been a lot better since then. Still pretty bad defense. Um, and the Chargers are the Chargers, so they're just a bad defense. Um, I'm not that excited about anyone on this, specifically the Broncos. I, I think have got a real talent deficit. Um, and we we don't care that much about talent. We care about opportunity. But sure, Alex Singleton, fine. I I would argue Alex Singleton. Yeah, he, he's a linebacker who's a tackler, right? And his superpower appears to be one of the very, very few guys in the NFL who really do have a nose for the ball and, and get around the ball. Yeah. Um, and he's he's been pretty average, actually, this year. Um, now he's racked up some tackles. He's been good eyes beat. Cool. But he, he's not 
that standout, he's always on the ball guy that he used to be. There's no one on the defensive line at all that I'm excited about, at all, literally none of them. Um, and the secondary is, is just fine. So it, it's really singleton, and that's about it for me. I believe I'm with you here. Um, yeah, it's Singleton. And yeah, like you said, usually like a 20% tackle efficiency, which is just unreal. Um, it, down to 15.5% yeah. uh, this year, which is still two points uh, still above good. average, right? It's still really good. So um, yeah, we love uh, Mr. Kingleton in Denver. But yeah, other than that, I mean, PJ Locke has been a solid safety. I think you could start him. Justin Simmons has just been okay. I'd rather have PJ Locke, I think, um, this week. And then... Yeah, a defensive line. I just, I mean, DT required the exact Allen, but Jonathan Cooper and Jonathan Harris, all these other guys, they're they're outside of their their top twenty four for me. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's talk about the Chargers. And like you said, Chargers are going to Charger. Their their defense is what it is. It's never been amazing. Um, but Kenneth Murray holding down that full time role with Eric Hendricks there. Uh. So yeah, it's been a pretty big surprise, I think. And then somebody that we can start in most leagues. Um, yeah. whereas Eric Hendricks, even though he outperformed Kenneth Murray last week, still playing that more of that part-time role, even though I think it was like 80 something percent uh, last week. So it was a little higher than usual, but eh, not, not something that we can trust to happen considering the sample size that we've gotten this year. Um, so yeah, anybody on the charges for you. I saw this number the other day. Uh, the last time Eric Kendricks played more snaps than Kenneth Murray was week one. Yeah. Then he got hurt is, and then never got that role back. Right. It's wild. Is Kenneth Murray out of contract this year? Um, he is, yeah. Really interesting to see who goes after him because he, he's not very good. Um, let's talk about Khalil Mack. Uh, interesting player. Had some big days. Had, had some massive days this year. Really good. It might be a tier three edge for me. I, I know he scored higher than that, but in terms of where I'm picking him, probably outside top 15 where have you gotten this week yeah i have him uh yeah this week actually i like the matchup this week right because it's russell wilson um going against yeah. a quarterback that does take a, a fair amount of sacks and mac it's more like volume and everything this week so he's definitely is startable for me uh i mean uh, every week he's really been startable because he's been so productive this week but yeah 79.5 pass rush grade so tied for 16th at the position it, it definitely overperforming as far as sacks go but leading the league in that regard so it's hard to, to keep him out of lineups but which is you know people that that's all we care about for idp purposes um while it's happening it's it's great and then we'll look back on it next year and, and say you know what we're not expecting that again um from Khalil yeah. Mack but um yeah that is everybody worth talking about I think I mean obviously Derwin James were starting as well at safety but that's it says the man with uh the jersey behind his head yes he's always locked in at that safety one ranking uh for me because uh, we have to for the brand <laughs> <laughs> I mean he basically is right he's one of literally yeah. three or four safeties that I I think is 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 of value above everybody else so Cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think let's start with the the Chiefs linebackers because a little bit interesting here. Nick Bolton, his practice window has been opened coming off of IR. It's He has mm -hmm. the potential to return this week, which probably is good timing for them because Drew Tranquil's in the concussion protocol. They had to play Jack Cochran. Um, last week uh, which wasn't a good thing against the packers and <laughs> willie gay saw extended snaps as well so yeah. i'm sure they're going to be hoping that nick bolton's ready to go this week and it's a nice matchup if he does play going against the bills fourth most tackles per game to the linebacker position so 
guys like Nick Bolton, if he's playing, he's going to be a starter for me. And that pushes Drew Tranquil out of the conversation for, for IDP as well, because we've seen the rotation there and we know that Drew Tranquil is not playing when Nick Bolton is. So um, other than that, Chris Jones, definitely a starter along the defensive uh, interior. George Karloftis been a nice volume play. Um, Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed have been great cornerback options for IDP. Justin Reed has been a, a little bit better this year, um, so I, I don't mind him in, a, in another good matchup here against the Bills, who are giving up the seventh most tackles per game to the safety position. So Justin Reed is like safety 19 for me this week. Um, but anybody that you want to talk about on Kansas City? No, all sensible. Um, again, the point we made earlier about first-round edges, Felix Anudike Ozoma um, right. in his last seven games is average under six snaps per game and he's played wow. in every sing, uh, single one so look i george claftis i agree with you volume play he's fine mike danner volume play he's fine right they're lacking talent on the edge yeah and it's it's not a good matchup against the bills the bills offensive line is very good josh allen has now become the hardest quarterback to sack in the league as far as pressure <laughs> so to hard to bring rate goes. so yeah it's it's really not a great matchup for guys like Karloftis and and dana and and yeah, the, the outer range um, defensive lineman there. Um, on the Bills side of things, I mean, anything that you want to start with here? Because I feel like it's a pretty easy defense to to trust for IDP. Like we know we're starting Terrell Bernard, Jordan Poyer, Teron Johnson, even Rizul yep. Douglas. And then the defensive line, we know that's more for deeper leagues because of the rotation. I, I, I agree with you. It's one of the easiest to make decisions on because they are one of the defenses who are the most predictable in terms of personnel and packages. Probably up there with the Buccaneers. Um, they they basically run their four two five uh, nickel, mm-hmm. and they keep it out there like all the time. Uh, and they rotate both positions on, on defensive line really really heavily. And everyone else they basically leave out there until they drop. So it's really really simple. If, if you're a, a cornerback or a safety or a linebacker, you're in or you're out. Uh, and if you're a lineman, you know, it's really hard to trust you no matter who you are. Yeah, it and is. It's and then again, more than that. <laughs> it's really not. And, and then again, too, like for tough matchups like this going against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, another tough quarterback to sack. It, it just it makes it harder to trust the, the defensive lineman for Buffalo. Yeah. And yeah, Tyrell Dodson, I know he's played well this year, but again, not a full time player since the, the Bills have actually decided that they're going to run more dime uh, with all the injuries to the linebacker position. So they've been taking him out on third downs, putting Taylor Rapp in there. Um, so it just makes uh somebody like Tyrell Dotson harder to trust that linebacker as well. Yeah, totally agree. Simple. Nice. Um, all right, let's go to Sunday night football. Now we're making up time here. Um, <laughs> it is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, anybody that you want to start with uh, for these two teams should be a fun one. I'm sorry. I'm going to go slightly off, off rank as well. I was looking no at this last week. Uh, NFC East. Everyone's like, oh, NFC East. Put them on TV. You have to watch it, right? Um, <laughs> I think they've got three of the worst defenses in the NFL. Uh, three bottom quarter, I should say. So the Cowboys are obviously a really good defense. Uh, yeah. Giants, not very good at all. Uh, yeah. Eagles, bad defense. Who everyone still still thinks is good because they're really good defense and good team last year. Um, and the Commanders who. I think of the worst defense in the NFL. Uh, so sure it's NFC East, but there's a lot not to like about this. Um, and everyone's like, oh yeah, Eagles, Cowboys, a really good game last time. And and I look at it and go, you've got two really good defenses, sorry, two really good offenses and one really good defense and one really bad defense, uh, which sort of sorts the men from the boys, if you ask me. But we'll mm-hmm. see what happens in the game. If it was that easy, we wouldn't have to play it. 
Yeah, and look, we saw the 49ers take advantage of that last week, right? So they, they've they added some pieces there. Um, the Eagles have in, in Kevin Byard, but again, the linebacker position has been a, a complete mess. This has been, with Nicobe Dean getting injured, it, it's left them with guys like Nicholas Morrow, Zach Cunningham, um, and they've had to recently sign Shaquille Leonard. So I'll be curious your take on it, but for me, at least, Shaquille Leonard, I think he's there's a chance that he'll play this week if Zach Cunningham can't um, because the team also released Christian Ellis. Um, I don't know that Nicholas Morrow is particularly good and can hold a full-time role. I don't think Shaquille no. Leonard can necessarily hold a full-time role either, um, but we'll see, okay. right? Like, yeah, this is uh, there's potential that he's going to get snaps, but I don't think people are, should be expecting the Shaquille Leonard of old or, or 100% role. Like, Sure, okay, there's great. potential for it because of the personnel that he's he's competing against, but ugh, I don't have high hopes for it. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, I always lean further to the side of the coaches in the front office that see him all day, every day, and talk to him and know exactly who he is um, and just released him. Probably know more about him than you that remember seeing him have a couple of sacks three years ago um, <laughs> and still thinks that talent's inside trying to get out. Uh, so look, I, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope he goes on to have a brilliant second half of his career. But I, I worry. Yeah, quite it a just it hasn't seemed like the same player um, since the injuries and stuff like that. So that's definitely been concerning. So I think for this week, you could still start Nicholas Morrow, but uh, Zach Cunningham will see if he's playing or not. He's still questionable; hasn't been ruled out yet. Um, probably still the second best option if he is active. Otherwise. They don't really have any other options other than Shaquille Leonard. So he might be uh, a play in really deep leagues, basically. Uh, yeah, I agree. I I would feel very reluctant to do it this week. I mean, yeah. useful having him going to the playoffs, I mean, sure. But you, you probably had to pay quite a lot to have him on your team. Um, so oh, that is an emotional choice there. The other thing about the Eagles that I struggle with a little bit is, is the pass rush. Mm-hmm. This is Eagles, right? Um, who were uh, last year uh, broke records for sacks, have been a really good pass rushing defense for years. They're not very good pass rushing defense. Um, so you've got Harson Reddick and, and Josh Sweat, both of whom are playing a huge amount and are therefore, you know, pretty productive and done some numbers, but but not very good and are inefficient. Mm-hmm. So um, then you've got Fletch Cox, who's clearly not the guy he used to be. Jalen Carter, really exciting. Uh, the first probably six weeks of the season, you know. Wow, is he is he the next Aaron Donald coming on? And he's called off quite a bit. Uh, Jordan Davis is, is you know internet favorite, but he's not that guy. So I'm yeah. I'm looking at the Eagles now, going, you really need to restock that pass rush and come up with something because it, it this probably looks like the worst Eagles pass rush in the past decade. Yeah, they're really leaning on those two guys, like you said, Reddick and, and Sweat to, to get the job done. And yeah, maybe Jalen Carter um, can can get back in there because he's definitely shown that he could be. Uh, playing at an elite level, but again, it might be a tougher matchup this week against the Cowboys um, and, and their offensive line as well. So um, yeah, not, don't necessarily love those guys this week. Like I still have Hassan Reddick as edge 12, but Josh Sweat, a little bit lower, edge 33, Jalen Carter, DT 14 kind of thing. Um, the other guys were most likely not starting. Um, I mean, 12, 12 sounds really high, and I agree that's a good level for him. My problem is... Mm-hmm. When you're playing the fifth or sixth amount and you're producing like the twelfth amount, that's a that's a worry. Now, right. if you still get top twelve, great, no problem. You you don't have to think it's an issue now. But long term, that worries me. Yep, yep, for sure. 
Um, and then, yeah, I mean, people are going to, we're, we're always going to start Deron Bland, obviously now uh, you can't sit him out <laughs> <laughs> knowing what his potential is, but uh, yeah, again, we're not going to expect that every week. And then Kevin Byard, Reed Blankenship, they've been a uh, pretty solid IDP safeties here. So we like that uh, quite a bit, but on the Dallas side of things, um, <laughs> this is another, this is a defense that makes it hard to trust a lot of the guys in that, that back seven. Right. So um, oh yeah, no, I've said Deron Bland already for some reason. I, I put him in that section. Let's talk uh, about yeah. linebacker on the on the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, so I have these guys in a similar pot to the Browns uh, linebackers. So it's very easy to go, you know, who is the top linebacker on the team? Maybe it's Marquise Bell. Maybe it's Demont Clark. Yeah, it sort of has changed week to week. Um, and it's very tempting to go, he's the top linebacker. Therefore, he's a, he's a right. top 12 linebacker or whatever. And they're really not. They, they just don't play enough and they don't have the right role and they're not productive enough. So... I think they're both outside top 24 for me. Yeah, 25 sure. to 36. Maybe. Yeah, I've got them I've got them down. Um much lower than that more in like that's it, that LB4 range. I just I can't trust yeah. them. I, that's the thing, right? Like they they're swapping who leads them in snaps every week plus they're not every down rolls like this is not the kind of week that I want to mess with these guys and try to take a guess on who's going to lead them in snaps right. and who's going to play them right. And again, another one of those man-heavy defenses as well, so tackle efficiency might not necessarily be there um, for them. And Eagles just a below-average matchup as far as giving up tackles per game to the linebacker position. So all of that, to me, equals avoiding these guys um, this week. Yep. But similarly at safety, right? I think the only safety that I trust for Dallas is Donovan Wilson, uh, and I don't necessarily even feel great about it it's more based on the matchup and his alignments than anything um but yeah this is another group that's not an every down group and um it it can be creating some inconsistencies there so donovan wilson's the highest at safety 23 the rest are outside of that range by a fair bit so um yeah anybody else on dallas for you no, I mean I like Curse a little bit more than you, but okay. again, I liked Curse more coming into the year for really sure. But oh, yeah, yeah, I've I've, I've changed on that. I've just always liked him. I, I've yeah, again, emotional decisions. I, I always liked him. That weird, very tall safety frame. Yeah, yeah for sure. I make myself look like an idiot. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, and then yeah, obviously Micah Parsons. We're starting him. We don't have to talk about that. All right, uh, <laughs> let's go to one of the two Monday night football games. For some reason, they are both on uh, Monday night, and the first one is the Green Bay Packers at the New York Giants. Vince um, Lombardi roll. That's oh, nice, very nice, good pull. <laughs> um, so let's talk about let's talk about the curious case of uh, Kayvon Thibodeau first, I guess. Um, so last game that he played here, hundred uh, percent of snaps for the first time in his NFL career, he's been delivering the sacks, right? Eleven sacks on the mm -hmm. season hasn't had great pass rush metrics though, right? So this is a player that I am concerned about being able to keep up this level of play. 49th in the league in pass rush grade um, with a 68.0 uh, among edge defenders. 6.9% win rate is 91st among edge defenders and a 9.1% pressure rate is 84th among uh, edge defenders all who have played at least 100 pass rush snaps. So Kayvon Thibodeau, you like him for the volume. Uh, absolutely. If he's going to play 100% of snaps, we could play him. But 11 sacks makes him a pretty big overachiever here as far as those pass rush, pass rush metrics go because they really haven't been good. They've been below average for sure. It's so wild, yeah, how do you isn't feel it? About so, yeah, I'm the same as you. Um, here we go. 33 pressures. So within one or two of Adafi Owe, who has four sacks 
Yannick Ngakwe, who we've panned, who's had three sacks, and Demarcus Walker, who has two sacks. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I, there are very few players that flatter deceive as much as this. He reminds me of early uh, Marcus Golden. Um, remember, he used to be that sort of guy. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, maybe he's just got the skill that can finish. And it, it, it's not a skill. It's not a talent. It's not an ability. Uh, Thibodeau, he's got the name. He's got the draft capital. A lot of people love him. I, I'm very worried about this production long term. Yeah, this this doesn't look good. As You know, if these pass rush metrics don't improve. And then they still, just a year or two guy, they definitely can, right? So they, we know that he has that that profile, at least as a first round edge. And then, you know, all the measurables and everything like that, that we love. But this year, definitely playing above his his weight class here, as far as um, the, the delivering on sacks and his pass rush metrics in comparison. So just something to kind of be aware of for him um, going forward. Other than that, Dexter Lawrence, he's been awesome. We love him. Starting him in DT required leagues. Um, yeah, I think you and Jace talked about it when you guys did the rankings pod. I, I would agree. He is the best nose tackle uh, in the NFL right now. He's just been unbelievable. Um, it's not close. I, I yeah. still think he's he's got a really good argument to be defensive player of the year. Now, I'm probably coming around to Micah Parsons because, you know, blah, blah, blah. Edge is sexy, but Dexter Lawrence is playing out of his skin and he's so wasted on, on this team. Oh, um, so Giants may well be the worst run defense in, in the league. They're, they're certainly one of the five worst, even with the best nose tackle in the NFL. And that tells you all you need to do about uh, positional value. Oh, I do think every time we talk about Dexter Lawrence, we, we sort of have to go back to Dave Gettleman. You remember his last draft? Uh, and everyone's like, oh, David Gettleman, he's such a stupid <laughs> me. He, he picked a nose tackle in the, in the, the first round. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to be fair, he was he was right on this one. <laughs> everyone else <laughs> was wrong, and he was right. Yeah, he absolutely nailed this one for sure. Um, yeah, other than that, though, I mean, Bobby O'Karake, we're starting. Michael McFadden, deep, deep leagues, obviously not a full-time role. Um, I don't know that there's a lot else here for, for the Giants. Like you said, it's not a good defense, so uh, we don't get a lot of great IDPs out of there. Yeah, so, so safeties. Um, cornerback is all over the place. They've they've started so many guys. I'm, I'm not yeah, touching that section. Yeah. Xavier McKinney was one of those guys who, who again, was um, everybody's secret pick one year. Everybody was like, oh, he played 1,100 snaps last year. He's my guy. I'm not coming away with him. <laughs> cool. Enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, he's been fine, but yeah, nothing special there either. Um, how about on the Green Bay Packers side of things? Because I love this matchup for Rashawn Gary. Um, he, he He's edge five for me this week. Definitely his highest ranking of the year um, heading into this week for me. He's got an 81.5 pass rush grade on the year, which is 13th among edge defenders. 16.3% pressure rate, 19.5% win rate. Just uh, he's got four and a half sacks in his last three games. Obviously, had the one game where he had three sacks, but really draws one of the best uh, matchups for pass rushers this week against the Giants, who ranked dead last in pass blocking grade. Um, And they have Tommy DeVito at quarterback again, who owns the highest pressure to sack conversion rate in the league at (laughs) 47.5%. Nearly half of the pressures that are getting to to Tommy DeVito are turning into sacks. So this is a a really like a dream matchup here for Rashad Gary. I I feel like I have to start him everywhere I can this week. I I feel there's a chart I need to make about uh, (laughs) living with your mum and taking loads of sacks. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm with you. Rashad Gary's 
really interesting. Uh, so normally, I, we mentioned it earlier on the show, I'm in the camp of you're either fit or you're not fit. This whole idea that, oh, they bring him on slowly or they put him out there is sort of nonsense. But Gary, that's exactly what they did to the start yeah. of the season. They, they were clearly, he's not 100%, so we're going to give him a little bit and scale it up and scale up. And he's doing really well. At the same time, it's been fascinating to watch the Packers over the last few years who've gone from being a, a, a very typical, these are our starters and these are our backups at the edge, to clearly heavily investing in the position and leaning into what they've now got, which is a deep four-man rotation at position. And still, Rashan Gary uh, is one of the best edge rushers Again, not in that tier one, but he, he's a classic tier, tier two. He's like Trey Hendrickson amped up uh, as, as a player for me. Um, and it, he's for me, he's overperforming what he should do based on the amount of time he has because of how good he is. So long may that continue. I hope so. But that still puts him at least a tier below some of the guys we talked about earlier who just play a load. TJ Watt uh, being a decent example. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, I really hope he does deliver uh, at least for this week um, or else it's going to make me look stupid for pumping his tires for um, for so long here. But it is such a good matchup. It's, it's almost impossible to bench him this week considering everything. And even Preston Smith, guys like that, he should be able to get home as well. Um, but other things for the Packers, Quay Walker, Devondre Campbell. We've seen um, discrepancy in snaps there. Obviously, Quay Walker, the lone every down guy. Devondre Campbell hasn't yeah. been great. This is only last week was only the sixth time they started a game together this season just because they've both been unhealthy. Um, and then the other thing, Jonathan Owens at, at safety. So all four safeties were healthy last week for the Green Bay Packers. And there was concern that Jonathan Owens would lose a starting role, but he still stayed in that hundred percent snap range mm. um, because when, while everybody was healthy. So I think that gives some confidence going forward that people can start Jonathan Owens this week. The only thing, it's not a great matchup 29th, most tackles to the safety position, but at least some positives there for Jonathan Owens, who has been a really good IDP um, in that starting role. So uh, we like that at least, but that's pretty much the Packers for me. Yeah, with you 100% there. All right, let's go to the last game of the week, the last Monday night football game. It's the Tennessee Titans at the Miami Dolphins. Tom, uh, where do you want to start with the, these two teams? I'll tell you what I think is interesting about the Titans. This has come up a couple of times in, in the most recent years. It, do you remember, not last year, maybe the year before, people were like, oh, the Titans have broken the record for the number of defensive players uh, they start. And interestingly, they do that every year. So again, they're, they're quite yeah. far out ahead. They've used 36 defensive players this year. Um, average for the NFL, let me just look that up, is uh, just over 30. Uh, but they lead the way, and they lead the way by a clear margin. So there's something about the Titans that says, you know, on the defensive side, they're happy to chop and change and take people out. Um, so it just makes them unreliable. Um, let's talk about Aziz Alshaye a little bit. So again, he's one of those guys who every single person IDP was, he's my secret gem of linebacker this year. I'm not coming out of draft without him. Like, how have you all come out of him in every single draft together? Amazing. <laughs> but I, it, it didn't bear out in ADP. He was taken, what, 15, 16 to 18, right. something like that. And he's sort of scoring like that. So yeah. um, <laughs> I think it's really interesting that the, the discrepancy between he's such a secret, uh, wonderful thing to performing exactly as everyone thought he would be. <laughs> That's just uh, interesting. Yeah, no, it has been. And yeah, he's been... <laughs> He's been, um, I think pretty much everybody was in on on this and, and aware of his potential here as a starter. And it's been, he's been fine this year, right? And I think I have him as LB20 this week. It is what it is, yeah. it's, you know, um, in, in that LB2 range. But 
Um, I think probably the more interesting player for those deeper leagues is Jack Gibbons. Um, so mm-hmm. the Tennessee Titans did release uh, Monty Rice um, today, actually. They, they let him go. I think it was today. Anyways, it doesn't matter. He's gone. Um, Jack Gibbons has been one of the higher graded um, linebackers this year. 77.7 defensive grade, 17th among linebackers. I think... You know, recently him and Monty Rice have been kind of been splitting snaps and it's kept both of them down from being IDP relevant. But I think with yeah. Monty Rice out the door, there's more potential there for Jack Gibbons to kind of get in and play some snaps. So I, I don't mind him this week um, in like a LB 37 type range um, is exactly where I have him. So um, been more efficient as well. 15.4% tackle rate. So almost as much as uh, Alex Singleton, actually um, not quite, but just behind him. But um yeah, that is my my Jack Gibbons uh, rant here. Other than that, nice. I, I like it. Yeah, don't love the, the rest you, of the Titans defensive line. Where's your head at on Harold Landry? Because uh, I'm still looking at him going, you're not the guy you used to be. Um, but I'd love to yeah. hear your take. Yeah, coming off the ACL tear, right? Like that's been kind of the biggest concern um, with him is how he would look this year. But I think he's been playing a little bit better as of lately. They they right away they started the year I think week one and rolled him out there for like over eighty percent of snaps or something like that, which was pretty crazy for a guy in his first game back healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, they've scaled that down quite a bit here recently, so. I've always liked the guy, I guess the volume potential for Harold Landry, right? And that's, he's always been like kind of a high end volume based matchup guy for me in that he's going to play a ton of snaps. He's going to rack up tackles. It's just a matter of him being a better pass rusher basically. And he hasn't quite shown that this year and maybe another year off the ACL that'll happen and he'll get healthier. But it's been a few years now where this has kind of been what he's been. Right. So um, really just staying in that, that matchup based volume based um, uh, edge defender for me. So I think I've been edge 28 this week. Yeah, I buy that. I mean, that feels a bit depressing uh, because that one year where it was amazing, but it happens. Yeah. Um, how about on the Miami side, last team of the week here? Anybody to talk about here as we close things out? I mean, we should talk about the safety. Javon Holland is obviously having a, a brilliant year, which is really exciting. We, we talked in in, uh, in preseason and went, yeah, Brandon Jones. We love Brandon Jones as an IDP player. I don't think he fits very well in this scheme. Yeah. Um, and that's proved to be the case. He played uh, quite a lot last year. Last, week but at the moment i'm going i sort of hope brandon jones finds his way onto a different team wherever gas bradley lands next year that's where i want brandon <laughs> oh, jones that's the dream right there yeah it's uh yeah it's it, he only played last week right because javon holland was out and it, it was not yeah. the same box role that that he once played right and that 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 is the big difference there are a lot more split safeties in miami there with fangio obviously but um we'll see if javon holland can go or not this week if not brandon jones is at least usable in idp but not to the same level as he once was um jerome baker's also potentially out this week he's another injured player for them not a linebacker group I want to mess with because even David Long with Baker out didn't play a full-time role. So that was kind of concerning. Duke Riley mixed in there. Again, it's it's a crucial, crucial week here for fantasy, avoiding those guys if you can. And outs- outside of Andrew Van Ginkle, amazingly, um, and, and Bradley Chubb, there's probably, and Christian Wilkins, um, not a lot of guys that I love on this Miami defense right now. But um, interestingly so enough, he, yeah. Even I was just Christian say, Wilkins. 
I, yeah. Christian Wilkins is hard, right? So we referred to him uh, a little bit. Uh, last year, he had way, 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 way more tackles than any other interior line. Oh, yeah. he, was, he was posting linebacker tackle numbers, which is amazing. So here you go. Last year, regular season, 95 total tackles. This year, he's on 36. Now, sure, it's only week 13, but even if you if you assume he stays healthy and pro rata that for the rest of the year, he's yeah. up to 51. So 51 from 95, uh, which is... Uh, terrifying and it, we talked about Derek Brown being this year's Christian Wilkins great he is he's having a lovely season <laughs> but don't draft that in the offseason <laughs> please don't yeah. pay for that yeah he was drafted very highly um Christian Wilkins for sure because of those tackle numbers and look yeah. he's not getting a ton of sacks either he of course had like a two sack game and it was a week that I was playing against him obviously but um yeah it was uh it's it's been yeah, not 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 the year that it was last year, obviously. And Andrew Van Ginkle amazingly having a career year here, ninety point one pass mm. rush grade, which is sixth among edge defenders. Uh, he stepped in nicely, at least for Jalen Phillips to help us kind of feel, ease that pain a little bit. But that's pretty much it. Anybody else from this last game for you? No, but it, it's just it's a good place to be in Miami this year, isn't it? You can see they're all happy yeah. and they're enjoying the season. It's all coming together. I, I do like. Uh, again, the off-season thing, but it's worth talking about. One of the points you made was quite a lot about head coach, offensive head coaches having significant impact on defense because they know what their offenses don't like. And Mike McDaniel and Carl Shanahan have both clearly shown a predilection to going. Yeah. I want these split safety, uh, very designed cover two, cover four, cover six uh, defenses because that's what my offenses hate. And you can you can see it coming a mile away. Um, and I'm pleased we we did anticipate that happening. Yeah, absolutely. It's been nice to see for sure. Um, but yeah, that's gonna do it um for this week's episode. Longer episode, and I apologize. We had to we had to kind of speed things up there near the end. We were on pace for like a three-hour episode, saw Tom. So to come, it's come my fault, over, not John's. No, Sorry about that. This, I, I always enjoy um talking football with you and and I, I like to to hear you talk. So I I feel bad rushing you or, or anything like that. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't feel that way. Um, but yeah, we I, I know it's it's a lot to listen to, obviously, for for people trying to get these podcasts in before the game so um i appreciate everybody tuning in i really do appreciate um you listening and and if you are watching on the youtube please don't forget to like and subscribe uh it helps me a ton as well and then a massive thank you to tom kislingberry for coming on here giving up two over two hours of his night um to drop all kinds of idp knowledge to hopefully help you get a better understanding of idp and to help you set your lineups for this week so tom can't thank you enough for coming on i really do appreciate it Hey, always an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me, buddy. Uh, you keep inviting me. I'll always turn up. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, anytime. Um, but uh, before you do go, please uh, give uh, the people a quick reminder where they could find uh, you and your work as well. Oh, I was really tempted there to answer about my day job. That would have been weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, mostly you can find me on uh, on, on X, uh, formerly known as Twitter, as you have to call it now. So look for Tom Kislingberry. Um, if you can't spell that, then, you know, <laughs> look in the in the podcast description it's probably there yeah. and apart from that you can find me on dlf uh so i need to i need to go and write my weekly dlf uh article now so in in season i normally put together a column called 10 stats that you need to know in idf um idp i don't know what idf is that sounds like some sort of <laughs> awful spy agency um which basically is is just interesting wrinkles uh that we try to pick from sticky stats and try to help predict the future using stuff that is not as obvious as points and sacks and ranking 
Yes, love that. Definitely go check out Tom's work. You'll you'll be glad that you did, and you will absolutely learn something every time you do. So, um, yeah, you could find his um, uh, Twitter handle on or X handle on in the episode description for sure, and scrolling across the screen right now for those watching on YouTube as well. But um, as for me, you can find all my work on PFF.com. You know the IDP fantasy report, IDP rankings, O line D line matchups to target and avoid, wide receiver man zone coverage report as well. All that stuff will be up there. I'll be back with Kate tomorrow previewing the offensive side of the ball. Good luck to everybody getting into the fantasy playoffs. And until next time, peace out.